Talk Live is your show. Bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231, SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on this site are for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. We go right into your phone calls to start things out. It's the amp line, Matt, in Illinois. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Good evening, gentlemen. How are you guys today? What's on your mind? (laughs) Well, I made an observation today, um, and I just wanted to get somebody else's opinion. I wanted to throw it out there. Okay. uh, uh, it has to do with the economy. I, I don't know a lot about the economy. Uh, I know that prices are going up. Um, one of the things that I thought about was, what was it, about six months ago that they raised the minimum wage? Something like that? It was last year sometime. I don't remember exactly when. But, yes, uh, okay. it's definitely it's gone up at least once, I think, and it's probably scheduled to go up again. And didn't they raise it to where it was... Uh, based on inflation, or was that in Florida? I, I don't remember. D- different states are doing different things, so yeah. it's hard for me to remember, um, you know, having been in a couple of states watching yes, these things. The federal minimum has been raised, as I understand. That, that much is true. And Well, it seems to me that prices have gone up probably about as much as the minimum wage went up. So the minimum wage actually ended up doing nothing. Oh, yeah, that's that's, and, that's how it works. Um, the, raising the minimum wage is a bunch of Mickey Mouse economics anyway. It doesn't... Uh, in the long run, it doesn't do anything for anyone. And, uh, well, I was thinking about it because back in the 70s when I just started working, I had been working for the minimum wage. And I seem to remember that at one point in time in the mid-70s, they raised it while I was working. And for about six months, I was a little better off. And then all of a sudden, I was in the same shape that I was in before. It seems like that. Um, so I'm not sure, you know, I'm not trying to pin... Uh, all the bad uh, things that are happening in the economy on the minimum wage, but it's just an observation that I made, and I was wondering what uh, what other people thought about it. I think I think it's accurate. I mean, that's it is what happens when you raise the minimum wage is that nobody gets helped. It's just a political maneuver that uh, makes the politicians look like they're doing something for the little guy when in fact it's just you know they're just playing a a, a game uh, with people, um, and it doesn't really do anything. Of course, it's not just a minimum wage. It's also, because raising the minimum wage doesn't guarantee prices to go up. It's just a possibility after the minimum wage gets raised. There are other ways businesses can handle dealing with the minimum wage increase. They could, for instance, simply cut staff or they could cut costs. So you could keep prices the same, but you could lose quality or lose your staffing. So that that's one way to, or a couple different ways to deal with it. The other factor you're looking at, of course, is inflating the money supply, which in most cases, does bring prices up overall. Uh, but then again, at the same time, the marketplace can still, even though inflation has been going on for years, some products are cheaper now than they've ever been, and that's just a testament to how powerful that the market, uh, pa- how powerful a force the marketplace is. Uh, but generally, yes, with uh, inflating the money supply, which is what the Federal Reserve does by printing out dollars, they uh, that does in- inevitably result in higher prices down the line, especially for consumable items like uh, like food products and uh, certainly fuel, no doubt about that. So hopefully that helps clarify things. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I already realized that inflation was a big part of it. It was. You know, it's like, probably it was the biggest part. That I made. And, yeah. and you know, I, I'm, I haven't gotten a raise in like five years, so I'm not. I'm a lot worse off than I was five years ago. Right, and raises never catch up. I mean, very rarely do they ever catch up with inflation because inflation happens at a uh, much faster clip than the government would like you to believe it does. 
So uh, even if it even if you thought inflation was two to three percent, it's probably eight to ten percent. And so even if you were getting raises to to you know kind of keep you up to date with inflation, it's still going to put you behind the ball. And uh, many people don't even get those inflation-based raises. So many right. people are way count. behind the ball. And they don't count food and, and energy yeah. when they when they talk about inflation. So and those are the two biggest things right now. Those things are really going up. Matt, thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Yeah, and another thing they don't talk about is uh, all in, in the economy is all the people that have lost so much. Uh, equity in their homes due to, you know, the housing bubble um, going up and then going down. Many, many people during the the uh, housing bubble, they were thinking, look at all this money. This is great. We're just making money hand over fist on our house. What are we going to do? Let's buy an Escalade, <laughs> you know, or they or whatever they did. And or or even if they uh, did home improvements on their house, they, they, they took their, you know, or, or got a bigger house or something like that. Well, now that bigger house that they bought at whatever rate, well, it isn't worth, um, or whatever price, it isn't worth what it was before. And they've got uh, themselves a whole bunch more in property taxes to pay. And people are, you know, they they say that we're not in a recession. This is not a recession. Don't look around. Don't worry about this, people. This is not a recession. <laughs> but the fact is, Americans, you know, they're, they're significantly, a lot of them are significantly more in debt because of the housing bubble. They um, They say many people are getting foreclosed on. And that much is true. There's plenty of people getting foreclosed on. But what about the people that, you know, made what they consider to be reasonable choices with their money? I took out a uh, a loan on my one house so that I could buy a second better house. I figured, hmm, these things in Sarasota are sure going up. Sure like to sell one of these and make a little profit. Yep. Put some money into the new house and, um, you know, fixed it all up. And then the housing bubble burst. And when I sold it, I sold it a $10,000 loss. And... I made, you know, I was really lucky selling at a $10,000 loss. So I know a lot of people got it a lot worse. I don't consider myself an idiot. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, average Americans, I can't imagine where they ended up. All right. So uh, we'll talk a little bit more about uh, economic related things, specifically outsourcing here in a moment. But let's continue with your phone calls. Kevin in D.C., you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Kevin. Hey, guys. I just want to uh, share with you my success story. Oh, okay. Uh, Ten days ago, my TV broke, and I just left it there. So today's my tenth day without a TV in my life. Wow. I feel like I'm a much better person for it. What and, were uh, your habits prior to the TV breaking as far as your viewing habits? Yeah, well, it was more about whenever I'd come home from work, I would just sit down in front of the TV, mm. and that would be the rest of the night. Wow. So uh, now I've got a lot more time for you know reading, writing, exercising outside, you know, just being more productive in general. That's do you, cool. Do you miss so, it? Um, do you miss the TV? I don't anymore. I mean, I wasn't gaining anything from it. Like, I wasn't gaining anything. It was just something to occupy my time. So you were like a channel flipper then. You'd just sit down and flip around and see what was there? Pretty much. Or I would just leave CNN on in the background just to see what disgusting news was going on in the world. Um, but the reason I want to let you know is because this was inspired because of uh, Nick. I remember a few months ago, Nick said that uh, his TV, something happened to his TV, and he just left it off, and now he doesn't watch TV anymore. And uh, that would have never occurred to me previously to, to just not get it fixed. So, yeah, it's like, um, a, it's like a whole new world without actually having uh, television. I don't think there's anything wrong with the television set. It's just the, uh, the habits that people surround, them, you know, surround themselves with uh, in regards to television. And you know, this very destructive habit to just sit there and flip around through the channels with no 
purpose. If you're going to use your TV set to watch a movie or you very specifically, you know, sit down to watch a show that you've, you know, elected to choose to watch, I think that's different than just kind of bouncing around the channels, right. kill, killing time. Killing time. Absolutely. And I mean, I'm, I'm 23, so I know a lot of kids my age spend a lot of time just watching TV or, you know, whatever it is they're doing on the TV. But uh, for all the listeners out there, it's, it's a good change, and I uh, highly recommend it if it's possible. Fantastic. Kevin, any other thoughts tonight? That was it. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks for the call, and enjoy your newfound freedom. Thank you. 800-259-9231. Uh, more time to listen to Free Talk Live, I guess, right? <laughs> All right, so let's go to the story here from San Antonio Reuters about outsourcing. And one of the reasons why, we've talked about in the past, one of the reasons why uh, businesses outsource, of course, the primary reason is economics, right? It's cheaper mm-hmm. to to do things outside of America. Why is it cheaper to do things outside of America? Well, let's go back to the minimum wage, which is what uh, what Matt was talking about earlier. The fact that the federal government props up people's wages in this country means that people can't compete for wage below a certain point. And so it, it also, of course, increases uh, the cost of the products because the other other countries can work for you know literally pennies. Of course, their economies are different as well, so pennies there is worth more there than it is here. But it still affects you know it, it affects what we spend. Either way, uh, having a minimum wage means that uh, certain workers are not able to contract for the the wages they would prefer to work at. That's much that much is true, and uh, it does drive jobs out of the country. As well as regulations. We've talked about how regulations drive jobs out of the country. Uh, businesses will just, you know, they'll go to a more friendly nation and uh, where the, the government's just going to leave them alone and let them do their business as opposed to putting them through the ringer. But there's a third reason, and that is, well, we'll find out what the AT&T executives have to say about American workers here in a moment. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got live streams, a broadband version and a dial-up version of the show, both free for you. freetalklive.com, the world's largest machine gun shoot and military gun show, is April 11th through the 13th at Knob Creek Gun Range. It's fun for the whole family with machine guns and flamethrowers for rent, helicopter rides, and 800 tables. Showcasing handguns, rifles, shotguns, and more. Opens at 9 a.m., 10 bucks per person. KNOBCreekRange.com. That's KnobCreekRange.com. All right, 800-259-9231. So, we're talking about outsourcing and why businesses do it. A lot of people in America are very upset when they call to get some customer service on a product that they purchased and they're routed to somebody in India, for instance, and they get very upset that they're not talking with an American. You've got an accent, and I'm very upset about that. And, you know, that's that's one issue, and I think that Americans, I don't really get it about that. I, I think it's just that some Americans just hate people that don't live in America. They hate foreigners, as it's called. Right? I'm afraid it's xenophobia. Yeah, it's xenophobia. And it's that is disgusting to me, but nonetheless, businesses continue to use outsourcing despite the fact that some of their customers will be upset about it because the savings is, are so significant because the regulations here in America drive them outside of this country. Many of them would do business here in America if it weren't for the uh, oppressive regulations placed upon them by the federal government. They'd just rather do business in an environment where they're not having to jump through all those hoops where they can do business and run their business in the way they think is best without having some officious bureaucrat breathing down their neck. 
So those are two of the primary reasons for outsourcing. But the third reason is uh, pretty illuminating, and it has to do with our education system. From Reuters, the head of the top U.S. phone company, AT&T, said on Wednesday it was having trouble finding enough skilled workers to fill all the 5,000 customer service jobs it promised to return to the United States from India. He says, we're having trouble finding the numbers that we need with the skills that are required to do these jobs, said Chief Executive Randall Stevenson. He told a business group in San Antonio, so far, only around 1,400 of the 5,000 jobs have been returned to the United States, a target it set in 2006, and the company adds that it maintain, uh, adding that it maintains the target. Stevenson said he's especially distressed that in some U.S. communities and among certain groups, the high school dropout rate is as high as 50%. He said, if I had a business that half the product we turned out was defective or you couldn't put it into the marketplace, I would shut that business down. Of course, government people aren't going to be shutting down their government schools anytime soon, regardless no. <clears throat> regardless of how bad they're failing. Yeah, that's the problem when the government fails. You can't do anything about it. You know, um, I, those people in those communities with those uh, dropout rates of 50 percent, mm-hmm. they have to continue paying for those schools. Otherwise, that community, that municipality will take their homes away. Now, if if you were shopping at Walmart, it wouldn't be anything like that. People say Walmart's this terrible, terrible company. They say that uh, was it uh, AT and T was is a terrible company for having taken its jobs over overseas and all this other stuff. Who's more terrible? The company that takes its you know takes some jobs away from uh, you know that Americans were in, or the the organization that will steal your home if you don't give them their your money. It's a good question. What I'd like to know is, what are the requirements for a customer service job at AT&T? I mean, this can't be a college-educated kind of a job. You're answering phones. Obviously, you probably have to type at a terminal, so you probably have to be able to type, right? Mm -hmm. You have to be able to talk to people on the phone, be able to listen and repeat back what the customer said, so you're understanding what they're saying, right? I'm just trying to think of, you know, what what skills would be required for a customer service job? It can't be too much. AT&T cannot find enough people with the skills they need to fill the jobs right here in America. What does that tell you? Well, it tells me that, um, that, that, that Americans want... Uh, you know, more than AT&T is willing to spend on these jobs is uh, what it tells me. Well, no, no. It wasn't about money. It, it was it about says skills. It, it says it's not about money, but it really is about money. Do you understand that if, if whatever, I don't know what they're saying. They can't find people that are willing to accept such a low pay with the skills they need. Uh, um, yeah, pretty much. The, you know, I'm not saying that AT&T is cheap here. I'm saying that this is what they feel the job's worth, and they can't get Americans to fill it. Say it's $12 an hour. Mm-hmm. If they started paying $36 an hour, you can believe people would flock to it. Now, what would happen to phone rates? Well, they'd go if up. They'd, they'd go up significantly. Well, and they wouldn't be able to compete with the other companies out there. But, but still, Mark, right. I mean, the companies even if, that have foreign, um, you know, uh, foreign people handling their stuff here. This is why companies leave. They don't have a choice. But, but even at ten bucks an hour or twelve bucks an hour, you still, you'll still make more at that rate than you would at a cash register job. And are these jobs that much more skilled than running a cash register? I just don't understand why, I mean, really, Americans must be total idiots if they can't fill these jobs. The customer service? Pick up the phone? Talk to people? Is, it can't be difficult. Where are the failings? I wish there was more detail in this story, but it, but it does just brings it back home, the message that we've talked about so many times, and that is that 
the American people are being dumbed down by the government school system. If you doubt it, go and do a little bit of research. It's what it was created for. The government school system was created for the purpose of separating the classes, separating the elites from the rest of society. And the rest of society was to be kind of just generally educated to the point where they could do the most basic of tasks. But apparently it's gone beyond that now. Apparently they can't even do the most basic of tasks. At least they can't run the customer service lines for AT&T. And so as government continues to be in control of education, quality of, uh, you know, the quality of the education levels of the people they're, they're churning out continues to drop. And yet Americans are still patting themselves on the back, telling themselves they've got a great education system. And, oh, my school's an A school. Let's send our kids there because it's an A school. Well, A compared to all the other government schools isn't saying very much. Mm. You know, that, that's really the problem is they compare all the go- other government schools together and then they get this, this grade rating. So you've got grade A crap, grade B crap, mm-hmm. grade C crap, and fail, D, grade D or whatever. I, I think that they don't actually give schools Fs or something yeah. because that would make the p- teachers feel, feel bad. bad. They'd feel bad. <laughs> so they get, you know, like grade D crap. So right. I, I just I don't know what they're I, – I, I don't know. Public schools. Yeah. Your school, your, if your school's got an A and it's a government school, then that just means it's slightly better than the other crap can schools uh, that government has, has in, the, in its system. That's all it means. It doesn't mean that there's a good education there. It doesn't mean anything like that. I'm sure that there are good um, you know, public schools out there. But as far as I'm concerned... Are you sure about that? I'm sure there are. I'm sure there are. There have to be. What about the one you went to? Well, they my, gave a darn good education. Uh, well, I guess considering it was a government school, but but mine was the uh, the gifted school, right? So it's a government school. That's all I'm it, saying. It's kind of like it was like a government school, though, but it was created for the, the elite, <laughs> right? It was created for the elite, basically. So it was a little bit different. Uh, anyway, let me continue here with your phone calls. Neil in Michigan, you're on Free Talk Live, listening on FreeMediaNetworks.com. Hello. Hi. Yeah, it's uh, good. Definitely, we're watching you on Free Media Networks now. Um, I wanted to comment a little bit about this subject because I think that people still don't realize that there's definitely like two ends to the spectrum. I think that the problem initially, like what unions started out for, was a good idea, but then the unions get greedy, and then they get crazy, and then they want way more money than they really need. I mean, I would do what most of like the average auto workers' jobs are, say for ten bucks an hour, reasonably. Neil, I want you to have a chance to explain yourself. Hang on, eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. More on outsourcing. Whatever you want to talk about, Phil's on the line to talk minimum wage. Anything goes. This is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for three dollars a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free. So enjoy those on us, including the updates. Get signed up, and we'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Just go to updates.freetalklive.com to get on the list. That's updates.freetalklive.com. SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows that the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful. They record every call, 
and they have the best equipment money can buy so that your business is handled as efficiently as possible. You can see their banner at freetalklive.com and do business with businesses that support Free Talk Live. We continue talking about outsourcing, why jobs are going outside of the United States. There are several different reasons, and all of them come back to government. Let's go back to Neil in Michigan. Uh, Neil, you were beginning to make a point about unions, uh, so go ahead and continue that, if you would. Right. I was, I'm sorry. I would put it back together now. Um, in Michigan, we definitely have seen what happens when, when outsourcing happens, for sure. Um, there was a gentleman actually running for Congress on the Liberty. Yeah, just a, he's an independent, but he's running... Uh, you know, basically, he's on the list of the Liberty candidates, and he said that he's afraid that what's happening in Michigan may end up happening all over the United States. And it starts off with, like, obviously, in the, in, initially, when we created unions, it was because, you know, the, the corporate interests at the time were very cruel to workers. Then, it, it, well, I guess the, the overlying issue is is that greed pretty much screws up anything. It screws up governmental systems. It screws up the free market. It screws up anything it comes in contact with. With late with unions, it was the same way. The average auto worker gets paid a ridiculous sum for the amount of my, uh, amount of work that they do. This, of course, then drives you know the, their employers away. These people don't think about obviously the long-term effects that they're having on their companies, and then they do silly stuff like yell at people for working too hard. You know, don't do that. You're going to make us all have to work as hard as you are. You know, so that that was a greed issue there. Um, I then see then that the cor- some you know some corporations therefore left. For the reasons that you gave, as far as regulations and such, um, and then you know, and then in addition to that, though, uh, after some of the places left because they had to, because either you know, it was either that or go under, mm-hmm. uh, meaning leaving the country. Some places then went, hey, wait a second here, we can cut our bottom line quite a bit if we do this, you know, and then they end up in other countries. Now, I had a friend of mine who lives in Mexico. I play a lot of online games. You meet people from all over the world, and he was like one of those really well-educated. Uh, he was actually a lawyer in Mexico, and he got out of it because it's really corrupt down there. But um, and he, you know, we were discussing the, this issue, you know, and I was saying, well, they're telling us that you know that American workers are lazy and that we need to be more competitive. And he started laughing. We were on voice chat. He's like, it's not that you guys are lazy. There's just as many lazy people here in you know Mexico as there is in the United States. It's that the average standard of living that a Mexican is accustomed to is so low that they're willing to get paid 50 cents an hour for doing your job. Because to them, that's normal. What you're asking for, basically, is what you know, the American standard of living is. And they realize that the bottom line means, you know, regardless of any other restrictions, you know, if you can get lower wages, then your business is going to do better. You know, they do, you know, and the only reason why I don't like the idea of getting down on um, companies that are, you know, using these kinds of unethical practices is not because I think we should be making legislation. It's because we as consumers should be looking at, you know, what these people do. Right. You know, that's what I'm saying. I don't want any laws to say that these people can't do it. But if, for example, a company it's, you know, is it's, this using is like absolutely slave true. labor, then... Hey, well, hold on. Know, there, there's lots of cases where this has happened. And here's I can think of one off the top of my head. Do you remember back in, I think it was the late 80s, when there was a big scare that we're killing the dolphins with our tuna fish, with the tuna fish fishermen are killing the dolphins. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah, I remember that. Now, <laughs> uh, and then, uh, in order to, uh, you know, uh, combat that, the tuna companies came out with the dolphin safe stamp. <laughs> now, one would assume, I didn't go, um, you know, I didn't look too deeply into this, but uh, one would assume that that, uh, that that stamp means that somebody's certifying that as dolphin safe, or at least they took some steps, or at the very least that they're, um, they're lying in order to uh, bend to public demand. They understand what public, the public demanded. So the public demanded dolphin safe tuna fish and supposedly got it. And mm-hmm. if the public demanded whatever from workers, you know, non-slave labor workers or, you know, whatever it is that they, they you know, they want out of a company, for, um, you know, to provide for its workers, the public will get it. 
It's true. Okay. Now, were well, you... yeah, I feel the same way about organic foods. I often wonder, you know, who's supposed to regulate that? Well, I think you there's... pay this extra amount, you have no idea. Right. I think there is um, there's certification. Yeah, for there's, there's foods. Or- organic certification out there. I'm not, uh, you know, I'm, uh, color me unconvinced when it comes to organic foods, but, um, you know, fine and dandy. If somebody wants to pay, uh, you know, quintuple the, uh, the, the price for what the food that they consider safer, God bless them. Now, were you well, suggesting before, I, maybe I misheard you, Neil, were you mm-hmm. suggesting that there was something wrong in your mind with outsourcing jobs? Um, it's not, well, I guess it's kind of a situation of um, why are people doing it. Um, and what, what my friend from Mexico was telling me is that his, his theory basically is that he, you know, that basically if you go to a global economy, you know, a lot of people feel that at least on the corporatist level of this, because I honestly think that a lot of the problems in the government are created through, you know, special interests. That's why we don't like politicians who have special interests. Special interests are funded by the, you know, by the corporations. Mm-hmm. And I, I honestly, it's, I don't, it's hard for me to separate one or the other because you see so much corporate influence in the government. Um, a lot of people think that the restrictions are there actually to prevent uh, the middle class and, like, you know, small businesses from getting off the ground. Yeah, that's and exactly what they're there for. Sure they are. Exactly. And um, that's why it's, I guess what I'm worried about is, is that if we, you know, if they there's like going to have to be an adjustment period if we switch over to a completely free market because, I mean, the, like, for example, in Russia, when the communism fell, um, like right immediately afterwards, and they freed up the market, then all of the vendors went, oh, wait a minute, I can charge whatever the hell I want now. And then they just, like, shot all the prices up way high. Um, and it, it ended up being a real problem. I don't like the way the, you know, the former Soviets handled the problem, but... It just seems to me that we've got to be afraid of greed in all aspects, whether it's yeah, the corporate... Yeah, I, I can't have to say I'll have to disagree with you on that. I think that uh, there's nothing inherently wrong with people being greedy as long as they're operating in the free market because they're checked at all times in a free marketplace by their competitors and by the people in the marketplace, the consumers and the employees. All of these are different forces, market forces, that can check uh, the individual who is greedy. The only time greed actually becomes a problem is when you can combine it with power because if you've got uh, governmental power uh, at someone's disposal and they're, they get greedy, then, uh, then they use that power to satiate their greed and we all suffer as a result of that. But with that absent government power and absent government coercion, then all you've got is the free marketplace, and any, if anybody can get into an industry and compete, then it doesn't matter how greedy a businessman is. If he raises his prices to the point, uh, to a certain point, someone else will jump in and open up a, com- a competing business and take his market share away from him. So greed well, would, on its own is not dangerous unless it's combined with power. Well, you would hope that that's the case, but sometimes, I mean, I've kind of been studying this, and in my studies I've come up with something with what I call is essentially a cooperative monopoly it's like we're all competing with each other, but we all agree that if we charge $6 for gasoline, they've got to pay it. That's called a we'll cartel. with each other for $0.03 cents here or $0.04 cents there. It's called and a cartel, and they don't pay. last. And, and the, you used the example of Soviet, uh, the Soviet Union, and there's a difference here. If the government regulation went away tomorrow here in the United States, um, it wouldn't be like the Soviet Union because the Soviet Union didn't have a capitalist system from the beginning. They had uh, government-set pricing and all that other stuff, which to some extent we have with regulation. But there, you essentially had shopkeepers uh, all mm. over. There weren't multinational corporations um, running things. Here in the United States, we have some really smart cookies running the big companies, and the big companies control what the little companies are able to uh, you know, sell at because of competition. You know, Obviously, um, little companies can provide better service and that kind of thing, so therefore can um, charge higher prices. But 
to some extent, they're they're held in check by the bigger companies out there, and you're not going to have the total anarchy that you would have, you know, the the lawlessness that you had in the Soviet Union here. It's just it, it's not a parallel. The Soviet well, I Union certainly was certainly hope not. <laughs> was a, well, the Soviet Union was a disaster from the get go. They took a, a agrarian society, turned it into this, uh, tried to turn it into, um, you know, this this uh, socialist paradigm, and you know, socialism's going to fail every time, and well, it did. There is a disaster coming in America, but it's coming because of government, and the only way to get away from it will be to get rid of it. Now, um, I want to address the unions in uh, Michigan uh, for a second. I think unions are fine and dandy. I think any club is fine, um, just like the Lions Club. But in Michigan, unlike uh, New Hampshire and Florida, I know, th- those happen to be right-to-work states. They have um, Those states have laws that are set in place for the companies that are um, there in, the, in that state on what they, how they have to deal with the unions. I have, I have no idea what you're talking about. Right-to-work, explain it more when we come back here. Moments, uh, hang on. Oh, thank you, by the way, Neil, for the call tonight. More with Mark and the union thing here in Moments. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site we give away. And if you like the show want to help support Free Talk Live, then become an amplifier. Go to amp.freetalklive.com to get... With the program, it stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. The idea is you send in three bucks a month, we take the money in and reinvest it into the show to get Free Talk Live on more radio stations across the country. We've got about 30 stations on board with us right now, and we can have more with your assistance. It's making a difference so far. Got uh, people, program directors emailing me out of the blue now. Yeah. Uh, Exciting. That, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's, it's pretty clear to me that uh, Free Talk Live is entering uh, you know, a, a new growth phase that... Uh, you know, is going to spread the the message of liberty far and wide. It's true, and it's all because of the amplifier. So if you want to get some perks, like access to the amp-only call-in lines, chat room, forum, and more, go to amp.freetalklive.com to learn more about the program and get involved. That's amp.freetalklive.com as we continue. Uh, ooh, we'll get to the phones in a moment, but Mark, you had a point about Michigan and... Uh, right to work. Where were you going with all that? Was um, you know, he had mentioned uh, unions, and 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 in ways, uh, unions can be, you know, greedy, and of course, uh, corporations can be greedy. These are both, uh, you know, there's really no difference. They're both incorporated, right? They're both there to mm-hmm. make profits. Um, the union is there to make profits for the workers, and uh, the company is there to make profits for itself. I don't have any problem with uh, people getting unionized and demanding things from their employers. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, it, what I have a problem with is, you know, states like Illinois and Michigan and and uh, the, the I believe California is one. I'm certain New York is and New Jersey and those kind of places that that have laws that are pro union because the union uh, unions have managed to get in there and lobby for rules that are pro them. Um, I don't think there should be laws that are pro business either in these um, relations. Right. I think it should be completely voluntary what goes on between these two organizations. Absolutely. Um, you know, if if you're an employer, Ian, and I represent the uh, the union of employees, and I come to you and I say, "All right, Ian, we're all going to go on strike tomorrow, if unless there's creamer for our coffee in the break room." What are you going to say? All right, I'll get you the creamer. That seems pretty reasonable, right? Yeah. So there you go. There's been a successful negotiation. You've said yes, and you've met our demands. Now, what if I come in the next day and I say, um, we're all going to go on strike tomorrow unless you quintuple our wages? I'll find someone else. 
And that, that, my friends, is the negotiations that should go on between companies. If the um, union of workers, for, for if one guy comes in and says, excuse me, I, I'd like to have creamer for the coffee in the break room, and the boss says, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll take care of it, and do, never does anything, well, if he has to get together with some friends of his, um, if he has to get together with all the employees and demand creamer for the coffee in the break room, and that's what it takes to get it, he's threatening to strike, fine. It's your, it's your, it's their labor. They but should be able to strike if they want. Government steps in right. and Says, mandates. You must do this. You must do that. Now I don't know what the specifics are in the laws of of these states, but it would seem to me that if there are states that are called right to work states, that there are states, um, you know, where they essentially the unions don't negotiate, don't don't have the same negotiating power. That there are states that unions have significantly high nego- higher negotiation mm-hmm. power. Why? Because of state law. Yeah, that needs to stop. Let's go to your phone calls. Phil in Nevada, you're on Free Talk Live, listening on Free Media Networks. Hello. Phil, Nevada. Hey, let me take you off. Uh, yeah, I'm here. Let me tell you, I was just taking you off the speakerphone. Gotcha. What's uh, on your mind tonight? Uh, well, I was originally calling to mention about uh, one of the factors that's happening is that a lot of the places that uh, we are outsourcing to, we don't actually, they don't beat us on... Uh, Regulation. What they beat us on is the fact that their government has been destroying their local economies. But uh, really, one of the things that people have to remember is that we have been living in an incredibly and unusually uh, what's the best word controlled economy. Um, any corrections that are going to take us out um, and into a free market situation are going to be painful. Um, and that's one of the things that Russia did discover on its own is that um, basically even going from an artificial uh, scenario to a more natural scenario, uh, people suddenly they were seeing their um, uh, incomes not being equivalent to what they were spending on goods. Uh, but instead of instead of going ahead and talking about, oh, huh, let's see, um, can uh, can we go ahead and try and make a new business to compete? Uh, they went ahead and said, oh, no, uh, let's go ahead and uh, just go back to a control economy. Uh, You're saying that's what happened did. in Russia, you mean? Yeah, Russia was uh, an example of an extreme, what would be called a correction. Hmm. Yeah, I can see where you're coming from. I mean, it's certainly possible there could be uh, corrections, and that might be painful for some people. Uh, but there's yeah. no doubt that if things continue on in the direction they're going, and I'm sure you'll agree on this, but that if things continue in the direction they're yeah. going in, uh, with more and more governmental regulation to the inevitable point of collapse, because no empire will last forever, uh, the collapse will certainly be a lot more painful than if we just revert to a free market at, at this point. My statement is just that people need to understand that if we do convert to a free market, there will be periods of adjustment, and people will, for the first time in a long time, have to live with the fact that they've been putting their money and their effort and their training and all that into industries that are not going to be beneficial for them. Well, um, yeah, I, I, I think that there will there yeah. will be corrections. You are correct in that. But, um, you know, there's there's problems with the current system that are going to, 
you know, be uh, be even worse in the long run. And even it's not very long at this point. The dollar's tanking, and it's you know, it's 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 taking a a fast ride down a uh, down a long steep slope. And let's also not forget about the positive uh, things that'll that'll be corrected, if you will. And that is that every individual in this country will get to take home all of their money. I mean, if we uh, get rid of the federal government, uh, I mean, even if we don't have a true free market, we still have 50 state governments. Even just getting rid of the federal government would do a lot to just put more money in every individual's pocket. So even if their spending habits weren't so great right now, and many Americans aren't, a lot of them are living in debt, uh, at least then they'll have all the money they earn and they can do what they, uh, what they feel is appropriate with that. Thank you for the call tonight. We appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231 to Kurt in Michigan on the Amp Line. Hello, Kurt. Hey, guys. How are you doing tonight? What's Good. on your mind tonight? Well, I just wanted to, to, to make a comment where the gentleman said that, you, you know, there'd be some growing pains with moving to a free market. Mm-hmm. Well, Russia never really moved to a free market, for one. But another thing that, that would happen is it would just be counteracting the deleterious effect that the government puts on, on well, everything it touches. I mean, property is held artificially high because they hold so much property, and that makes it more scarce. It's that true. much is true. Simple as that. But, Especially um, out west and even more so in Alaska. Yeah. So, I mean, those people who bought, you know, just before the government allows people to homestead are going to take their, their property values are going to tank. Mm. But as long as the dollar tanks with it, you know, I mean, if I owe $100,000 on my house, and then but it ends up, you know, they end up printing so much money that it's that easy to get, well, then I'll just pay my house off, you know, with the <laughs> notes that are easier to get. Simple as that. Yeah. That much but anyway, I wanted to talk about the AMP program. Um, uh, I, my alarm, I have an alarm set for every three months to write you a check. Mm-hmm. And uh, I want to tell everybody out there who is an amplifier to, to please increase your AMP to the next level. Um, this, is, this is information that needs to get out. And, I mean, 30 stations, that's wonderful, but it's not enough. Right. We need, Rush Limbaugh is on over 600. Well, <laughs> if you could, I mean, you may not be able to go head to head with him with numbers, but on the argument, he wouldn't be able to. He, you could, you could beat him with half of your brain tied behind your back. It's absolutely true because Rush holds an inconsistent uh, philosophy, um, and that is that uh, conservatism, you know, which is uh, basically uh, um, being uh, socially conservative and. Uh, supposedly fiscally conservative, although he's just making excuses for the Republicans who seem to spend like Democrats, um, although they, they, they spend in, in a deficit. You know, he, he holds an inconsistent philosophy. And quite honestly, I th- firmly believe that we're going to at one point be on, because our message is so strong, we're going to have to be on those 600 stations. That's, you know, that's how it's got to be. I think you're reaching critical mass now because I'm I'm actually starting to meet people that have heard of your program other than just myself and people who I've turned on to it. Wow, cool. uh, that's impressive. Uh, I've also, I've, I just want to let you, let you guys know that I, I booked my trip, my, my car and my room this morning to go to Porkfest, and I will see you guys there. Uh, cool. Fantastic. The Porcupine Freedom Festival going on here uh, this summer in New Hampshire. We'll talk more about that later. And, Kurt, thank you for the call tonight. Thank you. And the encouragement. Uh, always good to have people on the AMP program, which, of course, we mentioned earlier. You can go to amp.freetalklive.com and help us get this show on more stations. I'm glad he brought up the simple point that I didn't even think to, to mention that Russia obviously was never a free market. I mean, after the government crumbled, maybe there was like a couple days in there where there was no regulation, no government to, to speak of. But I don't really know. I wasn't there, so I can't really comment on it. Uh, if you were, we'd love to hear from you. Well, any kind of changes that occur dramatically and quickly need to, you know, they, they are going to cause corrections. Yeah. I mean, there's no doubt about oh, it. There's, there's no, no doubt about it. 
But I like the idea of correcting my money back into my pocket. I think that would be a good kind of correction, where I would get to decide and you would get to decide how to spend 100% of your income for the first time ever. Yeah. This is Free Talk Live Hour 2 is coming up. You take control. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. Bring up what you want toll-free, 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. As we launch an hour number two of the program, it's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are totally free, so enjoy those on us at freetalklive.com. As we go to your phone calls, George, TSA George in D.C. on the amp line. Hello there. What's up, guys? Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Oh, yeah, it's been too long since I called right there about, about the trip. Uh, just, uh, I wanted to tell you what happened um, the, day, the, work, the next day when I got into work after we hung out that time at the hotel room. Yeah, we were, in, uh, we were in D.C. for a talk radio convention, met up with George, and you had to be at work at like 3 in the morning or 4 in the morning or something like that. Yeah, I had to be there at 4 leave at 3. I only got two hours of sleep, which was what? not fun. What was the story, man? What went on? Well, um, basically, um, while I was on break, some dumb, dumbass got, uh, went into the exit door, like a, a breach happened, where some guy went into the exit door and they didn't, and the people at the exit didn't notice. Thankfully, it was one of the outsourced air service guys, not us, but still. It was, I had called back from my lunch break early, got cut in half. The airport closed for about an hour, and I got to go search the whole sterile area with dogs and cops and stuff. Wow. So because a, so because one person walked in the exit, they shut down the entire airport, even though they knew who it was. They saw it, and it, and it turned out the guy walked back out like oh, okay. about a minute later, <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> and then on top of that, it's, it's, uh, this is this is where it gets kind of funny. It's like when we, we open the we finally open it back up, the the queue to get into the security is literally Disneyland um, long here, right there. All the passengers are all pissed off. One guy goes. <laughs> this is madness, and guess what I said to that? <laughs> I don't know what you say. This is Sparta. <laughs> I haven't seen the movie, so I don't. I don't get oh, the reference. Oh man, you never saw that. No, under- Mark, you saw that one though. Which right? one was? Was this? I didn't understand what he said. This is Sparta. Oh, yeah, the, was like, yeah, the guy was, yeah, the guy was like, "This is madness." I'm like, "This is Sparta." <laughs> that is kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Anyway, um, but yeah, it's like it, it was. It was Okay, well, now George is now referencing something personal. I should explain. Yeah. Uh, so we hung out with George, and uh, he was in the, the hotel room with us. And uh, it was like an hour, probably about an hour had gone by, we are hanging out, and, and I said to him, I said, because it was getting kind of late, I wanted to spend the rest of the night with Julia, and I suggested, because I knew George had to leave at, you know, pretty early, considering he had to be at work at 3 in the morning. And so I just sort of, as a reminder of what time it was, suggested to George, I think I think what I said was something like, uh, you know, what, hey, what time do you have to be at work in the morning? Oh, 3 o'clock. Well, it's, yeah, it's been so long, I don't even remember exactly what I said. But basically, I sort of suggested that, that he might want to, to take off. 
and uh, you know shook his hand and said it was you know, it was great meeting you, kind of suggesting that he leave. I didn't say he had to leave or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah, exactly. And, just... and uh, you got the you know you took the hint. You realized it was late. You you got up. Uh, Actually, I was kind of—I was almost kind of waiting for it, but at the same time, I didn't. <laughs> you said a few more things, and I said, you know, said, "Well, again, good meeting you, and uh, have a good night, be safe, and all that." And, and you left, and then after that, Julia raked me over the coals because she said I was so rude and I was so mean, and I, you know, I didn't <laughs> think I was being mean at all. Uh, and so I emailed you about it, and you said, "No, not at all. It was totally cool." But the problem was, like afterwards, she was uh, ostracizing me for like an hour. So I'd want to use spend... that word too much, even in personal. That's the best word I can come up with, man. More like she, uh, she was just berating you. She was well. She was just being very standoffish and quiet as a result. She thought I'd really hurt your feelings, and of course, if I'd actually hurt your feelings, I'd have been very upset with myself and. Nah. And I'd be more tactful next time, but I didn't think I was in any way untactful, and uh, so that's what you were referring to. And so I'm glad I was vindicated and I wasn't rude or mean as she was suggesting I was. George, thanks yeah. for the call tonight. Appreciate it, dude. 800-259-9231. Because it'd be kind of awkward, right, Mark? I mean, you've you've got somebody in your hotel room. You're they're, they're your guest. And asking them to leave could be considered rude, right? I mean, you've invited them well, there. Julia suggested I should just, you know, wait until the guest wants to leave. And I said, well, I understand that, but I wanted to spend the rest of my night with you. Uh, well, yes, uh, I, I understand. And, you know, this is something that uh, lots of people struggle with. You know, sometimes they do the, the yawning thing or they'll check their watch. These are these are some of the very subtle hints that people mm-hmm. do to, uh, to get guests, uh, you know, hey, time to go. I have found that, um, you know, what I usually say is, I oh, mean, I'm getting tired. Um, you know, got to get up early in the morning. I'll talk to you later, okay? And, and I, it, it, people take it just fine. You know, they understand. They, you know, yeah. <laughs> the, a lot of them are looking for an excuse to leave and don't know how to get the hell out of there. Yeah, that's kind of how I felt. You know, at, at, I, I felt the same way. And she was, she did make a suggestion that I agreed completely with, and that was that if you wanted to keep something particularly short. You should let it be known in advance. Well, yeah. So to where, okay, we can come. You can come up to the hotel room. We can only stay for a half an hour or whatever, and then up oh, half an hour's up. Okay, see you later. Creating uh, creating expectations is uh, you know it, it's a great way to you know have people be happy inside of uh, you know interactions. So I agreed with her on that one, but I didn't think I was in any way mean, and I certainly didn't intend to be that way. And I'm glad to know that I wasn't. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Let's talk about, oh, cops. One cop in particular, in fact, in St. Louis. This, according to Fox, a St. Louis County police officer is under investigation for pointing a gun at someone during an argument over a parking spot. Mm, sounds like a reasonable fella. St. Louis <laughs> I wonder, City. I mean, if if this is what he does um, in order to uh, disagree over a parking space, I wonder. Well, I wonder if he's been unreasonable with any of the the his customers, the citizens mm-hmm. that he deals with. Yeah, in this case, he was off duty, and the alleged victim told Fox Two he was the property manager of the St. Louis Marketplace. So basically, he's like a strip mall, essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, St. Louis City Police released the account of what happened when the manager told the off-duty officer he couldn't park in a restricted area on the marketplace lot. 
We've never seen cops parking in restricted places before, have we? Like well, a lot of times, fire get, lanes and stuff. They get special if they have their cop car. They get special uh, parking spaces that uh, reserved for them. After the victim informed the suspect he could not park his vehicle at the indicated address, the suspect identified himself as a law enforcement officer Who and then cares? proceeded to point a small silver handgun at the victim. Now, I actually read a different version of the story, which wasn't on a news site. It was in the Lou Rockwell blog that suggested that he jabbed the gun in the man's chest as it wasn't just pointing it at him. It was jabbing him with it. I don't I mean, I, not that one's necessarily that much worse than Right. The other, it's but. it's not much different. Uh he he pulled and leveled a gun at a man uh, over um, a parking space. You know, I I was taught you don't pull a gun unless you intend to shoot someone with it. The good news was he did actually tow the cop's vehicle. So <laughs> that's not what he wanted to happen obviously is why he pulled the gun but he got his vehicle towed anyway. As of Tuesday night well, though, he didn't need to get his vehicle to- towed. He could have just moved it, right? He could have, yeah, but, but he no, didn't, he, he, so he got towed. He wanted to be a jerk, and he wanted to flash his power around. Hey, I'm a cop. Well, guess what, Mark? Guess what the punishment was for this particular law enforcement officer? Let's see. Um, I mean, pointing a gun at someone, that's like... Aggravated battery. Uh, that's aggravated, assault? aggravated assault, excuse me. Okay. What's the difference between battery and assault? Uh, depending, on the, depending on the state and you know what's going on, but basically assault is threatening um, behavior, and battery is you know, beating someone, you know, somehow physically okay. harming them. Aggravated assault with a weapon, right? right? That's, that's what that's aggravated a felony, means. isn't it? Aggravated. That's what aggravated means. Is with with weapon. Is, is that not a felony? Yeah, I'd say probably. You know, it's uh, one to five years. That's that's pretty serious, mm-hmm. right? All right. As of Tuesday night, the off-duty county officer, a patrolman with more than something years, they actually didn't include the number of years, uh, with the department, was still on the force, and the St. Louis City Circuit Attorney declined. To file charges. No, 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 no charges filed, huh? Well, she did take the case under advisement, meaning she has up to a year to charge the suspect. Oh gosh, what do you think? Think I, she's I, just going to let that one I drop? I think it was, it was you or I. It would be darn, done, darn quick. We'd be in the clink if it yeah. was you or I. Yeah. So just and yet another example. Since your tar- car got towed and you're in the clink and you couldn't get it out, then your car's gone too. Just another example of how it is the us versus them mentality. Clearly, the police. They occupy a. Uh, they are our betters. They are treated differently from the rest of us. Uh, they 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 occupy a completely different echelon. Apparently, the way they're treated, they can literally get away with murder. These cops. You think I'm joking about that? We've read stories where they've gotten away with murder too. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. Bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those, including the wiki. Over 1,500 pages created by listeners like you. Just go and edit whatever you want at the wiki. It's like the listener-editable version of our website. Go to wiki.freetalklive.com to get interactive. wiki.freetalklive.com. Last hour, uh, Kurt called in and mentioned he was booked up for Pork Fest, going to be attending the Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival, uh, better known as Pork Fest. It's June 9th through the 15th. At Pork Fest, you'll be able to discover the outdoor and recreational adventures that New Hampshire has to offer, as well as expand your network of liberty-loving activists, businesses, and organizations. It is a hell of a fun time. We are going to be there broadcasting live for three nights. Last year we did one night, so tripling our coverage this year. 
Discover new freedoms, new communities, and new beginnings. Register today at Porkfest.com. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. We go to your phone calls. Gene in Tennessee on the amp line. Hey, Gene. Hey, I got a cop, ch- cop story for in Memphis here that'll tie right into your last one, only our Memphis cops do everything better. Okay. <clears throat> we got a Memphis cop here that's in jail for manslaughter because uh, he got into an argument with a uh, patron at a, a bar over a parking spot, just oh, like no. this guy. Well, yeah, they put him in jail this time? Wow. Yeah, yeah. He, that, it's kind of hard to, you know, when there's a dead body laying there and you're off duty and you, you get into a fist fight with somebody and then you pull out your gun and you shoot two people, you, you kill one of them, and, uh, you know, that that's what happened here. These guys Good got Lord. into a fight. I guess they got into a fight in the parking lot or they got into an argument in the parking lot, and then they took it inside into the bar and that's where the fight started, and uh, the cop pulled out his gun and killed both. He shot two guys, killed one of them. Uh, so he did get arrested for manslaughter, and uh, he, he might have bailed out by now. I don't know. But if you do a, a Google search on it or a news search on it, it only happened about a week or two ago. So yeah, um, I wonder if – this this is getting way into the world of what if, but – I. I kind of think that being a cop imbues, uh, imbues some people with this sort of attitude, this big chip on their shoulder. And I wonder if he would have even uh, gotten into the situation, if people, if he would have shot people, if he, he wasn't saying to himself, well, they can't do this to me, I'm a cop, I can get away with it, I've seen cops get away with all kinds of things. You know, just this kind of big attitude uh, about him. Doubt that's exactly what it is. But when I was younger, they weren't like, but they weren't as bad because they weren't law enforcement officials. Oh, Gene, I'm sorry, we got a bad line. I've got to let you go. Unfortunately, sorry about that. 800-259-9231. I tried to track down the problem with that noise on that line, and I haven't been able to do it. So I don't want to call the phone company. It's just not worth it. Maybe I'll just take that amp line down and leave it to one line. We had two amp lines going for a little while, but that one's being problematic. So. Just forget about it. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. So bad cops uh, everywhere. Chip on the shoulder, Mark. I think a lot of them get into it because they've got a chip on their shoulder. I think uh, some do. I, I really do believe that uh, That I really, really, really do believe that many cops get into the business because they you know, they, they see a good career. You know, mm-hmm. it, it pays good. The benefits are good. They see an opportunity to uh, you know, get the bad guys. Who doesn't want to get bad guys? Who doesn't want the bad guys eliminated? Um, you know, I think it's just very unfortunate that many of them um, get in because they want to, you know, have the opportunity to push people around. Some of them get into it because they think, huh, this would be a great way to uh, be one of the bad guys and never get caught. Yep, exactly. And then what do you do with them? I mean, then they're part of your team. They're they're part of the the Blue Brotherhood or whatever, and you can't turn in one of your, your, you know, your brothers. That just doesn't happen. We continue with your calls. Angel in San Bernardino, listening on KCAA. Hello, Angel. Hello. Hey, what's... You're calling me that bad guy? What's that make you? Good? <laughs> Wait, you're a cop? No, man. Hey, how's it oh, going, okay. Mark Ian? Yeah. Um, you know, I know we all like to we talk about a lot of bad cops out there and stuff like that, and I see a lot, and I was, frankly, I was raised in a hate-the-cop uh, family, actually. I told my dad one time, um, I was thinking about being a highway patrol officer. He didn't talk to me for two weeks, so... <laughs> We don't, yeah, we never, we didn't grow up to like police, and, and especially in the area we grew up in. Why is in, that? Why? Because uh, my parents were on the other side of the law for many years, so. Really? And my my stepdad has, you know, 25 plus years in and out of prisons, not just the jails, you know, and. 
I've seen them all get busted. My one of my teachers in fourth grade, she brought a cop in one time to talk to us. She ended up marrying him. He ended up pulling over my dad in front of our house and arresting him, and uh, I had to go in and see my teacher the next day. Hmm. So I have some bad feelings now, towards police officers. But hold on, before you go on, yeah. um, I uh, I spent nine years in prison for murder, and I've got to say I I walked out of there for murder. Thinking- Murder, yes, that's correct. Um, and and uh, I've got to say, I walked out of there thinking that law enforcers just fine. We're a lot better off with them than we are without, simply because I, you know, met all those awful people in prison, and I certainly don't want them running amok. It's just that now that I see the stories in the news, I'm, I'm wondering, you know, is there a better way to do this law enforcement thing? Well, how how are you out on murder? Well, you know, they're not all first degree, right? No, I guess I guess not. Okay. Um, my my other point was well you didn't kill the guy either yeah well you know oh it was okay. essentially oh, attempted murder maybe no it was uh you know they they charged me with a principal originally and then you know th- things got all muddled and messed up it was uh, my co-defendant myself uh you know vying oh. for who got the uh, who got the, the the top position I see I always kind of wondered uh, what the whole deal with uh, you and the jail prison time was about but thanks for filling me in sure you can buy you can read, you can buy my book and I'll uh, I'll explain <laughs> it in detail. Hey, are you doing some voiceover work too? Um, you know, if, when people ask me, I hear a commercial on NBC that after NBC uh, News, it sounds just like you, man. Uh, it's probably really not me. definitely not it. definitely not Mark unless he's doing uh, doing it at another studio that I don't know about. Oh well, okay, we won't talk about it right now, Mark. But uh, <laughs> give me so, a call later. But the thing I want to say was, there's this uh, extreme type of show where they show uh, uh, police chases and stuff like that. Yeah. But there was this one I was watching the other day. This um, two black gentlemen, one officer, the other guy he was he had standing right there. The one guy took off running, and the officer chased this guy for a little while. He could have pulled out his gun and shot him, anything like that, but he didn't. He just went and grabbed the guy, stopped him again, and told him, you know, grabbed him by the shirt, and was like, you know, if you run again, I'm going to take you down. I'm going to take you down. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he didn't pull out the billy clubs. He didn't do any of that, man, and I thought that was very commendable. Yeah. But the thing is, the reason why he didn't do any of that is because the dude was in shape. He knew he could take this guy down at any time. He knew, you know, he could have shot him, whatever. But he pretty much he knew he was going to catch him, and he knew if any problems went down, he was going to be able to beat him up. And so many of our cops are fat and lazy now. They don't. They can't do that. So they they pull out the club first. They pull out the gun. They pull out the tasers and everything else. So I think. Um, they need to stay away from the donut shops. Thanks for the call, Angel. Appreciate okay. it. 800-259-9231. Usually, what, what the, what the reason why cops seem to get fatter and fatter, as I understand it, and I'm sure a law enforcement officer could call in on this, but they have pretty stringent restrictions to qualify to mm, become a cop. Yeah. You really have to jump through some hoops and and actually prove yourself to become the cop. But once you get the gig... It's like being a teacher with tenure, essentially. You know, once you get past the uh, the entry point, they have like a, a year long, or I think it's usually about a year long period of time where they're kind of on a trial basis, and then after that, they're they're good to go for the rest of their lives. So once you once you pass the trial period, start putting on the weight. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how much weight you put on. Right, they're qualified. They they got the job. Right. What usually you'll see happen is the uh, the sheriff will will give his troops a stern talking to about their weight, but nothing's ever done. More on the way. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. 
This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free, 800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are totally free, so enjoy them on us. Uh, those features, by the way, include archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, just go and download them right there from the front page of the website. Free. Back for an entire year, as a matter of fact, all on the house. freetalklive.com. Does your family think your beliefs are crazy? Do you experience a nagging sense of worry that the world's becoming less free? Do you feel withdrawn or potentially alienated from liberal and conservative friends? You are not alone. Statism hurts. IHS summer seminars can help. Visit libertarianseminars.com for more information on a happier future. That's libertarianseminars.com as we go to your phone calls. Talk to Tom in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Tom. Uh, Yeah, I wanted to point out that Porkfest happens to be timed conveniently to coincide with the filing period for public office. So if you're taking a spin up through Concord to get to Porkfest, you may want to stop in at Concord and file for, like, uh, if you're already a resident of New Hampshire, that is, you can file for U.S. representative or United States Senator or a state senator or what have you. I believe some of the state representative positions, you file for those at the town hall where you live. And I think we are going to see a lot more Free State Project members uh, getting involved in that this year here in New Hampshire and, and running for office. Yeah. So, Isn't uh, U.S. House, isn't that kind of biting off a, a little more than you can chew for most people? Um, you know, just registering for that. that shouldn't, shouldn't they start smaller? Like I would think they should start smaller, but it's not my life. They can do whatever they want. Anyway, the other thing is, if a U.S. house, you can run in either district if you live anywhere in New Hampshire. You don't have to run in the district where you live. And Hmm. the other thing I wanted to point out, though, is that uh, what people need to do, uh, here is my firm position. It's it's kind of being assertive about something else, okay? And that is, you call a place of business, and you get, please listen carefully as our menu options have changed, babble, babble, babble. Mm And um, a robot is inviting you to babble back to the robot yes. or play musical menus. And if it says, I'm sorry, we did not hear your response, goodbye, that means they don't want your business. If it says, I'm sorry, we did not hear your response, please hold on the line and a human being will answer you. Then at least they're worth your business. Yeah. Okay, but if all you get is babble, 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 I don't understand, I can't hear you babble back at me, uh, then uh, I got a bill a doctor bill, and because uh, they put it on the old insurance instead of the new insurance, and uh, it, it says, you know, to straighten this out, call this number, and all I get is babble, babble, babble. Sorry, I can't understand you. Goodbye. So that means they don't want the money. That's a great point. You know that, that you weren't you important know, enough to actually put a human being on the line. And if the bank across the street a, actually answers the phone. Then guess what? I can take my business to the bank across the street. Thank goodness for competition. Tom, thanks for the call tonight, 800-259-9231. I have to say, though, Mark, I really like the little uh, voice recognition things that they're doing. When it works well, I like it. When it doesn't work well, I don't like it. And one of the things that bothers me is that uh, it'll ramble on for 30 seconds trying to explain to you how to say one, you know, 
wait for the and so you then you you answer and it cuts off i would assume the little computer's ear um it continues to talk just a, a microsecond into when you begin to speak obviously mm-hmm. can't uh until you unless you wait for it to come to the very end which i don't I just don't have the patience for um then it doesn't understand you so to you and uh, to them the computer it sounded like un instead of one or something like that and so i i, I haven't had I much like trouble that. with them i've had uh, i've had plenty Maybe you just spend more time on. Maybe the phone I'm an articulate I... jackass. I, you know, is that you, you think mean that's an, what it is? an articulate jackass? Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, that's it. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty. You just don't like dealing with human beings. No, I'm I'm fine dealing with human beings. I was just commenting on the fact that uh, the automated systems are getting much better than they used to be. You know what my favorite one is? Uh, is Goog four one one? It's Google, and they've got. Uh, oh, I think it's eight hundred. Goog 411, I believe is what it is. It's a phone number you can call anytime you want, and you can uh, you can ask. You, it's free. It's an information line, and you can literally find any business that you want to, and it's all voice recognition. So you call up, and they say, what city and what state? You say the city and state, and it it says it back to you after you've said it. Not in your mm-hmm. voice, in their voice. So they identify of all you know of all the different cities and states out there. Are they correct? Yeah, they get it right. And then what category or business name? And you can say some of the most obscure business names, and it it comes up and it identifies it. Now, I've had it mess up a couple of times, but uh, it's it's just shockingly good, well, and it will only get better. I had a uh, frustrating time trying to find a restaurant. That can't be too darn difficult <laughs> with uh, Goog four one one. Did myself. you really? Now it's free. There's nothing to complain about here. Uh-huh. But um, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I couldn't. It couldn't understand restaurant. Then again, the town that I was asking it for uh, doesn't seem to have anything more than a gas station in it anyway. So I think that it might have been confused under that too. Here in New Hampshire, uh, many many of the gas stations are uh, rather optimistic, and they call themselves towns. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Let's continue. Talk to Jeremy in Montana, listening on KGEZ. Hello, Jeremy. Jeremy, Montana. Hey guys, um, how you doing tonight? What's on your mind? Good, sir. Oh, I, I was just thinking about you know if like people are in my hotel room, and yeah, it's all fun and games for a while, but eventually I say, man, it's time for you to go. I'm saying, if you don't leave, you know, and about the guy in Memphis, Tennessee, I mean, picture yourself a rookie officer, maybe fresh out of Iraq, and two big, aggressive-looking guys come out of nowhere and start giving you a hard time. I might shoot their ass, too. That's you why I would I mean? never want to be a police officer, Jeremy, because there's just too many incidents where you have to make these life, death, yeah. life or death situa- um, you know, decisions for people, and you just can't be right so many times. Yeah, but yeah, picture yourself in that situation and mm-hmm. two big, aggressive-looking thugs come out of nowhere. And, it's, it, it's absolutely oh, tough. You're just... But if you oh. and I have to make that decision, and remember this guy was off duty, um, off duty at the time, and if you and so therefore he's just a civilian like you and I, and if you and I make those decisions, and we do, we make those same decisions every day. You decide every day whether or not to kill somebody. Um, we wouldn't get the same sort of benefits that uh, many of the police officers enjoy. That's true. I mean, in other words, we got at least they did lock him up pending investigation. You know, so I yep. gotta give the sheriff's department maybe and. Uh, that county there, you know, a hand, too, for um, 
at least locking the guy up. Here. Yeah, I was actually a little surprised that they, uh, they normally they just put him on paid suspension as opposed to yeah, locking I, him up. Jeremy, what other thoughts do you have for us? Anything else? Well, yeah, um, I went down yesterday because I was telling you all about when that cop illegally entered my trailer and mm-hmm. stuff. Um, and I went down to the sheriff yesterday, and it sounds like it might work out okay. So Good. Meaning they're going to drop the charges on you, or what, uh, what do you we'll say work see out? about that, but I at least did make a report to the sheriff, and I didn't write. I just wrote everything true and honest, the best of my ability on the report, and Everybody down there was real helpful. All Did you let them know you didn't appreciate the cop just coming in your trailer like that? Oh, yeah. Right. I let them know that, but I did it in a respectful manner. And that's the best way to do it, Jeremy. Can they climb through a window if the window's open, too? I mean, that's what we were talking about before. <laughs> Thanks for the call tonight, Jeremy. Appreciate it. I mean, Jeremy was saying he had his door open on his trailer. He was just enjoying the spring breeze, and this cop just comes into his uh, into his trailer. So if it's an open window, can they just start crawling in? Well, the the idea is is that they can uh, just go into any open you know, door if it, if the door is open they're allowed to go in yeah. is, is what the, um, they told him and it, it it sounds likely very true but um, you know can they go in a window if it's open I don't know eight hundred doesn't if it doesn't have a screen yeah I would like for a law enforcement officer to answer that one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one is SACL C A I toll free line gun rights. Gun rights. Now, when you talk about gun rights and you talk to gun owners and gun rights advocates, you get the feeling, because they talk about the Constitution a lot, Second Amendment specifically, you get the feeling that these guys, they know a thing or two about freedom. It's just a feeling, I get, mm-hmm. right? You, you would think that if they knew something about the Constitution, they'd know something else about it, but apparently all they do is pay attention. And I'm being very general. I'm sure some of them are very well, well-versed. But there's a pretty outrageous story about what's going on with gun owners in Florida. We'll share it with you in moments. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up anything toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are free. So enjoy those on us, including the Shrine of Female Listeners, Bulletin Board System, and more. We give it all away. And if you like the show want to help support Free Talk Live, then shop with us at the Free Talk Live store. Just go to store.freetalklive.com and buy all kinds of great Free Talk Live branded merchandise. we got good quality stuff. We did not chintz out on the product quality, so enjoy all that. Store.freetalklive.com. Continuing here uh, with your phone calls, and then we'll talk about the gun owners in the state of Florida, or at least some of them and what exactly they're trying to do, which is very anti-freedom. First, we go to Dave in California, listening on KCAA. Hello, Dave. First of all, let me congratulate you guys that you don't sit and babble all day for hours and hours. (laughs) You let the people get in, so I want to salute you for that. That's the point of the show. You call about anything. What's up, Dave? One of the things that you... Let me tell you who I am first. My name is Dave Aaron, and I'm director of the UFO Audio Video Clearinghouse. I own the world's largest UFO library of actual UFO footage. You're in New Hampshire. One of the... You're in New Hampshire, correct? That's yeah, correct. That's right. One of the biggest cover-ups, biggest lies ever put on the American public was the Barney and Betty Hill case. Are you familiar with that? No, nope. we're not natives, unfortunately. Well, Bonnie and Betty Hill were coming back from Canada on a vacation. They were detoured off the road by an unidentified flying object. 
they made a movie out of it called The UFO Incident, starring Estelle Parson and a very new actor called James Earl Jones, huh. a classic. They went to Pease Air Force Base and begged them for the radar tapes for over 40 years. And they said, oh, nothing, nothing. There was nothing in that area in the White Mountains at that time. Bobby died of a stroke about three years later, and Betty Hill just died about a year ago. Now it comes out that Pease Air Force Base did have a huge unknown object in the exact area of where they were abducted. I'm very surprised that you gentlemen, maybe you're not in your 60s like I am, are not aware of this because this is like one of the greatest UFO cases of all time. Well, wouldn't one have and, to be? Uh, I mean, wouldn't one basically have, there, Dave? Sure wouldn't listeners all over the world? Dave, wouldn't one have to basically be? Hello, Dave. Wouldn't one basically have to be a UFO enthusiast in order to be aware of these things? I mean, normally UFO stuff doesn't get covered in the news. Exactly. Good point. Why? Because the CIA covers. The New York Times, the Los Angeles Times, the Christian Science Monitor, the Miami Herald. Are you familiar with the National Security Act of 1947? Nope. No, but you're saying the CIA... Why, why wait a minute, say? wait a minute. Let, let me finish here. Okay. The National Security Act of 1947 was passed three days after the Roswell crash. And it states that at any time the president may suspend the Bill of Rights and the Constitution due to a national emergency. Isn't it strange that this bill was passed three days after the Roswell crash? Well, what's the Constitution have to do with UFOs? Gentlemen, you have not, you're not listening to me at all. I, I the Roswell UFO crash that was covered up since 1947, whatever what? happened there that day was so terrifying to the American government that they went to President Truman and said, look, here's what we have. Well, I, I would agree with you that the CIA... Some, hang on, we've got to pass some type of act that this never gets out. And what was passed was the National Security Act. Look it up. But the, but that, the, we'll take your word for it. Wait, wait, the, wait, the Constitution doesn't say anything about you being able to get information um, like that from the government. It does, how you know, it, it is pretty, um, it doesn't uh, give them the option of doing a CIA, of opening the CIA or anything like that. So I would say the agencies themselves are unconstitutional. But why is this act that you're talking about related to the Roswell incident? Because the Constitution doesn't even talk about a CIA. As far as that's the Constitution is concerned, as far as the Constitution is concerned, all this information about. should be available to the public anyway. Nah, that's the problem, is that you've got to dig, dig, dig. Look at the Barney and Betty Hill case that we just talked about. Mm -hmm. You two are experts. You live in New Hampshire, and you didn't experts. even know about the damn case. Wait a minute, who told you we were experts? About Roswell? Well, I spent Dave. 50 years in the subject. Dave, who told you we were experts on anything? We're talk show your hosts. Your voice, your ability, you're the show. <laughs> You, so someone's when fooled you're in you, New Dave. Hampshire, look, we have to Dave, say, hey, these guys are from New Hampshire. Let's share. Dave, you may look, not have known I don't mean to be too self-deprecating here, but look, Dave, you're talking to happen. a couple guys with microphones. That's all any talk show host is. Talk show hosts are usually uneducated boobs who couldn't get a real job in the real world. Okay? <laughs> so, wait, that's not true. You are the last free bastion of free speech. Do you think yep. I could go on NBC or CBS right now and say, hey, Tell us about the National Security Act that President Truman passed so that uh, 
if whatever happened at Roswell comes out, how it suspends our Constitution and our Bill right. of Rights immediately. Now, NBC uh, would say, you're nuts, there's no such thing. Dave, Why don't you do some research on the National Security Act? Dave, we got some of questions for you. Yeah, since you now, are I an think expert, that the National Security Act is is very important. I would agree with you on that. What confuses me is this uh, this sort of alien visitor thing. Um, I, I'm I'm pretty skeptical. My dad was a big believer. I've got to say, he claimed to have seen uh, some uh, light in the sky, and he ma he told a compelling story uh, late night over a campfire, and I loved it. But I, I, I got to I got to wonder about interstellar travel, and I also what, what really bothers me is um, the reports of what aliens look like. In the early 1900s, people saw bugs and and robots. Uh, that's what the aliens looked like uh, back in the early 1900s. Then um, you know Hollywood got a hold of it, and uh, the movies start coming out, and then then they start showing the little green men with the big eyes. Um, you know th those those showed up in the 70s uh, about the time you know. Shortly before the uh, uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, there was another movie that, that had the same little guys in there. And I'm just wondering why it is the aliens that people see correspond with the aliens that um, Hollywood shows. Because, gentlemen, again, you don't know what you're talking about. Let me have a few more minutes here. Read the book Hollywood vs. the Alien by Rude Rucks. All those great movies, Teenagers from Outer Space, uh... I was a, I, what was the other one? X the Unknown. All those movies were produced by the CIA, CIA under American <laughs> International Pictures. Why would they but do that? You don't know, wait a minute. You don't know that, but I do, and so do thousands of others. The why idea would, why was would they do that, Dave? Do, wait a minute to do exactly no, we can't, we what you're doing. No, we don't have minutes to wait, Dave. We, put, would, wait a minute. It's we don't have minutes to wait, Dave. UFO, if you keep no, saying no, it, we're going to have to let you go. We've got down, questions UFOs, for you. Pot them down, please. Look, Dave. All right. We asked a question. You didn't answer the question. And we're just curious. We want to ask you a few questions here. You've already called and talked about what you wanted to. Now we're going to have a conversation, okay? So if you don't want to have a conversation, you can move along. But I have questions, and Mark has a couple questions here about this whole alien thing. The question is, why would the CIA make movies about aliens? Was that your question, Yeah, Mark? why the cover-up? Dave? Why the cover-up? One at one, you say we're dealing with aliens. Nobody knows what we're dealing with. Mm -hmm. But whatever we are dealing with, one, every time an advanced civilization on Earth, let's take the American Indian as an example, or maybe the, uh, the aborigines of New Zealand, any time an advanced civilization came, the current civilization was always moved to either uh, grassland or grazing land became a subculture. Let's say tomorrow that the internal combustion engine is no longer used, and you can, uh, I don't know, use anti-gravity. Mm -hmm. That's going to kill the second biggest industry in the world, which is cars, Number the internal combustion engine. Mm -hmm. Number two, religion. Religion would collapse because almost every religion says that man was made in God's image. Number three, science. Science would totally collapse because scientists think one way. What if they're 100 million miles off and these visitors are not aliens, but it's our own future? Did that Let answer me tell the you question? What I don't me. think that answered me... the question, Dave. What? Well, that didn't explain why the well, CIA... You, you allege the CIA was making movies about aliens, and that didn't... I don't allege. It's true. Don't tell me I'm alleging it. Get the book, it's an allegation because you're on the air with us. By Rude Rocks. 
Okay. Rude Rude still didn't answer right the question. There that Roger Corman was a member of the OSS, the predecessor to the CIA. And when you guys get on the phone and what you is the quiz purpose? me, you're wrong. Dave, what's I'm the purpose right, of it? I'm right, you're wrong, because you have done no research. Congratulations, you're ahead. right, and you're off the That's phones now. That's why we're now. asking you questions. Goodbye. <laughs> 800-259-9231. You can be right, and you can be off the phones. How about that? I just wanted to know. He, made the, he alleged that the CIA was behind alien movies. Why? I, I don't know why the CIA would keep that information from us. I, I suppose to keep panic from ensuing. Um, I, I, I would. If, if aliens colonized, decided to colonize the world, yeah, we'd be in big trouble. But I don't see what difference it makes whether the CIA tells us or not. Yeah, it was very confusing. 800-259-9231. You can take control. Bring up anything. Hour 3 is on the way. It's Free Talk Live. Talk guns. Coming up. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and we're launching into hour number three of the program. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. The single CAI toll-free line is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. We go to Florida and to a story about gun rights advocates, I think, going a little bit too far. Normally, the gun rights people are, you know, pretty good on the issue, you know, some at least some issues about freedom. Certainly the gun issue, you'd think they would get it. Well, m- many interest groups that uh, purport freedom in one area, they don't really get freedom in uh, the rest of those areas. I guess it's just, you know... the. Maybe it was just my upbringing, Mark, being around people like this. I I got the impression they knew a thing or two about freedom, but apparently not. Gun rights advocates in the National Rifle Association won a victory today with the Florida House's passage of a contentious bill that would allow employees to bring their guns to work. The measure is a watered-down version of what the NRA had hoped for, but is seen as a compromise that the Senate's also expected to sign off on. Under the proposal, employees and visitors who have state-issued concealed weapons licenses would be able to bring their weapons to work and leave them locked in their vehicles. The measure would exempt certain businesses from having to allow the guns, including schools, uh, prisons, nuclear power plants, defense-related businesses, and those that deal with explosive materials. Also exempted would be company-owned or leased cars. The business community, including the Florida Chamber of Commerce, has vigorously objected to the measure, saying it pits the property rights of employers against the Second Amendment rights permitting guns. And, of course, the business community is correct in this particular case, and the gun owners should be embarrassed that they are advocating for this kind of control measure to be placed on property owners. Hmm. Now, let me make it clear. I think business owners should allow guns on their property. Yep. You know, um, it's... It, it's, I don't want to go telling stories out of school, but we've had uh, I've had a lot of people working on the uh, the property um, you know that I've purchased and uh, yeah. helping with the houses, and some people um, now and then have uh, carried weapons to work on the the house. Mm. I, I didn't even know most of the time. We'd go to lunch. I'd buy them lunch uh, for for the whole group of them. There'd you know that restaurant. There'd be people packing heat. 
And, and you were okay with that? Uh, well, once I realized it, I was fine with it. But I'll bet you uh, my wife would be would have been a little uncomfortable at first if she had known about it. And I'm sure my mother-in-law would have been a little <laughs> upset. I'll bet you there were uh, some, some people, um, likely gals, that worked at the restaurant that would have been upset at the idea that there were guns. And um, what the fact of the matter is that we're all a lot safer because those people are carrying guns. Absolutely. So I don't want to make so, it sound yeah, like I'm I anti-gun. Like idea. I don't want to make it sound like I'm anti-gun. I'm not. I'm in favor of people carrying guns on you know, uh, private property where it's allowed. But what I'm more in favor of is private property. And that means that if somebody owns a business, or it's their house, or whatever it is. In this case, we're talking businesses. Right. If somebody owns a business and they don't want guns in their business... You don't have the right to carry your gun on my property if I've made it clear that I don't want guns on my property. If I put a little sign up on my store that says, no guns, no guns allowed, look, you're not allowed to bring a gun in there. And if you do, I should be able to, at the very least, sue you, kick you out, certainly. But now in Florida, that's all changing. Now, again, this, this is a watered-down bill, which leads me to believe that the NRA would have liked it for the employees to be able to actually carry weapons around at work. Because the bill that we're talking about here allows them to bring a weapon to work but leave it in their car. I think we'd be just fine if most, uh, you know, in most businesses, employees could carry guns. Yes. I, I agree that we'd be fine, but again, we're talking about respecting property rights here, yep. Mark. So if a business owner decides he, do, he or she does not want guns in their business, he does not want his employees to carry a gun, and he doesn't even want guns in his parking lot... He's a silly dope, but yeah. He should be able to make that decision. And if you don't like it, don't work there. If it makes you uncomfortable... Get another job. Go work for somebody that's A-OK with that. All right? That's all you have to do. But no. What did the gun owners go and do? They went to the legislature yeah. to regulate this, to, to mandate that all business allow this. And I think it's really sad. Shame on you, gun owners. You should know better than this. Or maybe they shouldn't. Maybe they don't know anything else. Maybe all they know is their one issue, and their one issue is guns, and they're going to do everything they possibly can to make it so they can carry their guns everywhere they go because they believe that their gun rights supersede property rights. What is going through their head? Guns are property. You know? well, guns are your property, yeah, but if so you're they, on my property, then you've got to play by my rules. That, it would seem very clear and understandable to me, but apparently not. This is just It's just a sad statement about... How far people have just fallen away from understanding anything about the, the concepts this country was founded upon. The idea, in case you don't know, the original idea was that uh, the people came here to get out from under the thumb of the king, the king over in uh, Great Britain. And, you know, the king kept trying to meddle with business over here in America, and eventually they got fed up with it and said, we've had enough, we're breaking away, we want our independence, and we want to create a country where everyone is the sovereign. Because before, it was just the king. The king was the sovereign. He was in charge of everything, mm -hmm. right? All the property was the king's, and the king could do with it as he chose to do with it. So the idea in America was that you would be a sovereign, and whatever you owned would be your property, and you were sovereign over it. You were the king, essentially, of your property. So the idea was to have 300 million kings as opposed to just one. Make sense? Mm. It immediately unraveled, but yes. Yes. So the theory is, is sound, and it should still be that way, uh, but 
I, I guess I thought some of the gun gun folks were better than this, but apparently they're not. And just more evidence that the NRA is nothing more than a political organization that is not interested at all in liberty or freedom, but only interested in guns and and enforcing gun rights over top of property rights. Despicable. Mm. I wonder how the gun owners of America would feel about this one. Just curious about that. I would think that they'd be uh, uh, pretty good on it. Once again, want to make it clear, I'm in favor of guns. Got an AK-47 upstairs. So it's not an anti-gun thing here, just to make it clear in case there's some gun owner getting all uppity out there. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. So just so sad to see that happen. Here's another sad story out of our former state of Florida. This one from the Manatee County area. Prosecutors are moving ahead with a case against one of two 93-year-old men. What were they doing? 93 uh, years 93 old? 93 years old. Uh, uh, speeding in the wheelchair? I don't know. No, they were picked up during undercover prostitution stinks. In the case of Frank Milio, prosecutors have issued subpoenas and plan to take him to trial in April. According to police reports, he tried to pay $20 in November to an undercover officer. Recently told the Herald what Tribune... What was he going to get for $20? <laughs> Recently, he told the Herald Tribune he was only flirting with the woman. He says, I haven't had that in years. 93 is kind of old. Carlos Underhill will not be charged, although he doesn't deny stopping to chat with a good-looking girl who made eyes at him and turned out to be an undercover officer. You know, there's so many cases of this that if you even speak to one of these undercover agents, that you're going you're gonna to go up the, up the river and... It's 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 all this uh, crackdown on uh, on prostitution. They think that if they get the Johns, that they're going to stop prostitution. Well, you're not. <laughs> That's it's it's dumb to think you are. They've never been able to prohibit anything and make it stop. Yeah, not like once. those like those guys are going to be any less horny after they get out of a night in jail, right? Like they're gonna all of a sudden their sexual urges are going to go they away. They may think twice about it, but they're going to figure out some other way to do it. Yeah, they'll just be more careful. They'll think twice so they can figure out how to be more careful without. You know, actually naming a price or whatever. In this case, the other 93-year-old was allegedly willing to pay $30 for sex and that he promised to come back a few hours later to consummate the deal. They say they can't move ahead with the criminal case because there's no way to prove that he indeed did plan to come back. He was fined $150 for trying to pick up a prostitute back in 1990 when he was 75. See? There's your proof. <laughs> Almost 20 years earlier, he got busted. Yep. And uh, he's still out there. And apparently he says that in the latest case, he wasn't cruising Tamiami Trail for sex. He just wanted to chat with the buxom woman who smiled at him as he drove past. He says, all I was going to do was talk, he said. It wasn't for sex. I'm 93, you know. Now look, Mr. Underhill, I don't believe you for a moment, by the way. I think it's fine. You should be able to buy sex. I, I'm all in favor of or legalizing prostitution, but I don't believe for a moment... That line, you know, I, think. I, I disagree. I had a friend, I had a roommate who uh, didn't know any better, and uh, some gal held out her thumb on Tamiami Trail, right no, where they're no, talking no. about. He no. picked her up, and, he, and my God, she That's wanted him to I'm pay saying. for sex. I'm saying that he's claiming he's so old, he's not interested in sex anymore. That's the line I don't believe. More I coming see. up. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231, SACL-CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. 
Again, that's freetalklive.com. Now, just uh, to recap what I was saying before we went away for a moment there, we're talking about a story out of uh, Manatee County, Florida, where a couple 93-year-old men were picked up on uh, during undercover prostitution stinks. And both of the men made similar suggestions. Uh, one of them said, I haven't had that in years. He said he was only flirting with women, suggesting he hadn't had sex in years. And he said, then he said that 93 is kind of old. The other man said, all I was going to do was talk, talking about the prostitu- alleged prostitute he was, uh, he'd pulled over on the side of the road to just have a chat with, right? Mm-hmm. It wasn't for sex. I'm 93, you know. And I think what they're trying to do here is enterprise on the uh, the idea that older people don't have sex. Right. Uh, yeah, they're trying to paint themselves as, oh, these celibate old men, they're just so old, they never, you know, they don't have even a sex drive anymore, and... That's just nonsense. Uh, anybody, most people have probably known of at least one dirty old man, uh, and, and and many of them are very dirty old men. Well, uh, I mean, you can't make I any allegations that are necessarily uh, a guy's dirty. And from what but I understand, men sex are men does not it go away. It, 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 yeah, whether the ability to do it or not does. That, right. So from what I understand, doesn't matter how old a man is, he's still able to make a baby and... I've never heard that sex drive goes away at old age. I think it's just it's just what people think. You know, people believe that that's the case. And so, like you say, enterprising is the perfect word. That's what they're looking to do here. I don't believe it for a moment. Those guys were absolutely looking to buy some sex, and they should have been able to. They should have been able to. I think it's sad. I think it's completely unnecessary that the prostitution is illegal. It shouldn't be that way. It causes all kinds of problems uh, for society. The fact that it is illegal, it can't be regulated. Yep. Um, you know, so therefore, it's people are going to do it, and therefore, it spreads diseases and uh, puts all kinds of people at risk. People are in danger of, like you say, getting STDs, but also in danger of getting just robbed because it's a black market activity. Therefore, some very unscrupulous people are involved in the business. Not just uh, not just the prostitutes, but the Johns as or not the John. Well, certainly the Johns can be unscrupulous as well. Uh, there have been there are vi- there's violence on both sides. Mm-hmm. Sometimes uh, a John will go to a hotel room and then get robbed and beaten. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes a, a sicko John will take a, a prostitute into a hotel room and then you know beat her, beat her, or possibly murder her. Yeah. Uh, so there are all kinds of dangers that are that the, the trade is fraught with, but. If you look at Nevada and you look at their legal prostitution trade, you find none of those dangers. There's no risk. Uh, as far as violence is concerned, you're not going to get beaten up at a brothel in Nevada. That doesn't happen. There, there are bodyguards there to keep the girls safe. And uh, th- you know that's because there are the occasional John that might try something stupid. And there's uh, you know, testing, and, and the, the tests are posted. I believe some of those places it's weekly or biweekly that these women are tested. That's right, for STDs. So it's as safe as sex can possibly get if you let it be legal. Because it's illegal, people are doing it underground, therefore there's no comp- There's no real out-and-out uh, market competition, there's no innovation, it's just dirty, scummy women, many of them offering sex. Now I'm talking about the street-level prostitutes, there are some not-so-dirty, not-so-scummy ladies that are doing the business in a uh, you know more of an out-call or in-call basis, but those are the ones you don't see, you never see those girls. You uh, rarely going to the alcohol in goal situation, right? Well, I mean, as far as when I say you, I mean you, the the TV viewer or the radio listener uh, who hears stories about prostitution busts going down. They only target street level people because the cops. It would be way too much. 
it would, it would be way too much effort for them to try to build a uh, an in-call girl business and actually have it be credible enough to gain customers for long enough to where they could then bust them all because you'd actually have to have sex with people. See, if you want to start business as an in-call prostitute, and in-call, mm-hmm. out-call means, uh, I think in-call means where they come to you or you go to, it's one or the other. Either way, you're going to their house or they're coming to your house or your place of business, wherever you want the deed to be done, hotel room, whatever it is. But for the cops to do an undercover sting on that, they'd actually have to have a girl having sex with somebody. Because you don't just get a recommendation for an in-call girl from somebody if they don't know if she's any good. See what I, see what I mean? The girl's got to have a reputation, mm-hmm. right? She's got to have a reputation for pleasing her customers, and then her customers are probably very, very careful as to who they bring into the loop. You know, they know of a friend that's looking for a little bit of action, maybe a business partner that's coming into town. Here, you want to talk to my friend uh, Tracy or whatever, and they give her the give them the number, and they call her up, and the deal is done. And so it would be way too much effort. It's a lot easier for the cops to just put some cop in a pair of short shorts and a you know revealing top, put her on the street corner, and right, wait, wait for, for the some sucker to go by. Yeah. So you're never going to see in-call and out-call girls get busted. Very, very rarely will that happen. So there are some there there are some non-skanky women in the business, but the street level, that's where you're going to find them. And those people will go away if you re-legalize prostitution. Street hookers, there, there'll be no reason to have them no, around. I don't suspect people will be doing business in that manner. And plus, if we're going to re-legalize prostitution, we should re-legalize drugs as well, which is one of the main reasons that w- girls even become street hookers in the first place. Right. Because they need drugs. Yeah, yeah, it, it doesn't. Now, maybe I'm wrong drugs. here, but it doesn't seem to me that uh, many women are in uh, the stripping or uh, the prostitution industry in order to get cigarettes no. or alcohol now there's uh, addictive and mind altering substances that are available for fr- uh, you know for free excuse me on you know legally on the uh, on the market i wonder if they uh, if we legalized heroin if these women would uh, have could just you know i i bet you there's women that that got into the industry didn't really want to do that kind of work mm-hmm. and did it because they had a habit sure there are no doubt about it all right, so uh, related story real quick, and then we will continue with, let's see, you had a couple things, Mark. Something about, what was it? Oh, the, the guy, passports? Uh, no, no talking, guy, talking to children. Yeah, the guy talking to kids. This is a strange story. Um, suspicious conversations with children caused the arrest of a fulsome man. This is uh, uh, out of the, the Loomis News. You just can't talk to anyone anymore. Pretty lady on the side of the road, kids, can't talk to people it's now. It's bizarre. After an El Dorado Hills mom reported observing a strange man, now define strange, somebody you don't know, right? Yeah. After um, speaking with her two children at each of three st- children's story events, deputies arrested the man at his Folsom home. Huh. Uh, this uh, gentleman. This uh, was at what, a library, you said? Uh, I'll, I'll tell you in a second. Oh, okay. Uh, Victor Emmer, uh, 49, was arrested March the 13th on suspicion of loitering where children gather. Suspicion of loitering. Well, yeah, suspicion of loitering where children gather. Gotcha. That's, a, that's a charge. Um, <laughs> it's an odd charge, said the uh, sheriff's uh, sergeant, Jim Byers, noting the uh, statute intends to chiefly to protect children's school grounds, neighborhoods. Uh, the family was at the Folsom Borders Books during storytelling time, where he uh, spoke to one of the children, and for lack of a better term, he creeped the mom out. Mm-hmm. Then for a few de- um, a few days later at the uh, El Dorado Hills Library story time she saw him again striking up conversation with her children and uh, it's a little weird he does it again oh yeah oh yeah I'm I'm not saying it's not <laughs> <laughs> we felt it justified a criminal complaint she um she signed it and uh, was and he was arrested 
The case appears unrelated to recent reports of uh, unwelcome advances to children in the area by a middle-aged man driving a dark-colored van or SUV. Uh oh. Free <laughs> candy written on the side, right? When investigators heard a... Uh, you know, the child molesters that probably never get caught are the ones driving flashy cars. <laughs> I, d- I don't know. I mean, these are, there'll be problems that I don't ever have to deal with. 1-800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. I want to talk more about this. Kay. Why didn't they just talk to the guy? Why did they have to go and arrest him? Seems unnecessary. Is there more detail? I there, there's so. a little bit more on the way. It's Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. Bring up anything toll-free. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark, you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Uh, by the way, those features include archives, wiki, updates, all of it we give away. Uh, so do enjoy those. And don't forget to visit LegalZoom if you need anything in, re- in the world of patents, wills, and trademarks. Uh, they make it easy. In fact, usually it's just a matter of filling in some easy-to-answer questions. They do the form for you. You don't have to read any legalese or nonsense like that. Uh, and if you want to save 10 bucks off your order, go to LegalZoom.com. That's LegalZoom.com. 800-259-9231 is our number. Uh, just a few more thoughts here on this kind of weird story. Where, where was it from, Mark? Florida? No, Folsom. Folsom? Uh, California. California. Where... A mother noticed that she had taken her, when she had taken her kids to some reading events, she had noticed that there was kind of a creepy dude that was talking to them mm-hmm. uh, at different events on different days, and that's pretty creepy, no yeah, doubt about it. I'm certainly not going to dispute that the guy's creepy. But instead of maybe handling the situation herself and you know approaching the man and I don't know, trying to get to know him, see what he was doing, you know, poke around a little bit, ask him some questions. Uh, she went to the police. And, of course, the police, they only really have one tool in their repertoire, and that's arrest. So they went and they arrested him with, what was the charge? Um, it was uh, loitering where children gather. Suspected loitering where children gather, in this case. Yeah, and... I don't know. I just don't feel like... I mean, he hasn't done anything. He certainly... There's no victim here. I don't think talking to kids should be illegal. What? Why couldn't the police just talk to the guy, you know? Ask him, hey, what are you doing? What's going on here, buddy? Why, why are you talking to these kids? Well, um... What are you, you know, doing here? I, I'm a little torn on this one. Um, yeah. The... The idea that the, this guy uh, would be arrested and jailed, I think, is a problem, okay? Mm-hmm. I don't think he should be jailed. But what if they arrested him, put him on probation, and then put him on a sex offender list? That would be even worse. Why? He hasn't done anything. Yeah, well, I mean, he's... A sex offender? He's he hasn't disturbing. done anything. He's, he, he's damn disturbing. Why, why is he in two different places talking to the same kids? He appears to be profiling the children, doesn't he? Doesn't he? Maybe. I don't know. Why don't we find out who he is and what he does for they a did, living? And... They did find him. <laughs> they, they arrested right? him. Yeah. And what else? Was there any more? Sure. Uh, you know, and I don't know. I, I just find the guy so creepy and potentially dangerous that I don't know. I'm, I'm a little uh, stuck on this one. 
The case appears unrelated. Oh, excuse me. Um, investigators heard a low um, heard a low bail amount set for Emmer, and they explained to a judge that they believed it was too low. Now, bail in the case was set at $100,000. I don't see any reason for this. Um, that, that seems ridiculous. And Hammer was bailed out of custody, buyer said. <laughs> Investigators want to hear about any similar incidents. Uh, he also said he's not uh, a registered sex offender in Hol- Folsom or California, and we've not found any information to indicate he has any prior offenses, said the uh, Lieutenant uh, Sheldon. Now, remember, the guy's th- 49, so it does seem odd that he might not have any priors. I don't know. Does he have a family? They, they didn't mention Okay. He has a home in Folsom. Gotcha. Um, the Telegraph's Roger Does Phelps he have a can be reached. Van? To... Yes. Does he drive a van? He drives a van. Oh, okay. Because I, I thought that you had said there was an allegation that it was someone driving around in a van, and it might have been this guy. Oh, I didn't know maybe, if he had the you van. You know what? You're right. Uh, that, that was, uh, for one, some reason, they popped us in there, and I, I confused it with this guy. It says, the case appears unrelated to a recent report of unwelcome advances to children in the area by a middle-aged man driving a dark-colored van or SUV. Unrelated. Unrelated. Okay. Got me. it. Got it. So what else? That's it. Oh, okay. That's the information. So he's in jail right now, or he got he's bailed bonded, out? He's bonded out on what I consider a bond way too high. Yeah, that's outrageous. I, I consider it outrageous he even went to jail. I mean, I'd love to hi- hear how you feel on this one at 800-259-9231. Is anybody not disturbed by this guy? I find it disturbing, but it's not a crime to talk to kids. Nope. No, it's not. But let's say you um, let it go um, unchecked. Uh, you know, a certain amount of these circumstances, the guy's going to... Um, now, I, I do think the mother could very well have stepped in and, and protected her children, but he seems to be setting up a pattern here. That that I find extraordinarily disturbing, mm-hmm. and you know when you when you find somebody who's doing those patterns, don't you think you should do something about it? Yeah, well, like I said, talk to the guy, find out what he's all about. At least she was aware of it. I mean, she was she, she had was being a good parent. Yeah, well, I I don't think it was good to call the cops in because they went and ruined this guy's life. For all we know, he was totally innocent, just likes kids. You know. Could be. Some people really like kids, and they don't want to touch them. <laughs> there are those people out there. Mm-hmm. I it, don't think everybody that talks to a kid is interested in molesting them. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I just think people are better than they are. But that's just how I feel about it. And I'd love to hear what you think. What would you do if you were the parent in this situation? As far as I'm concerned, she had her eye on her kids. She was, you know, she was paying attention to her kids. If you're paying attention to your, to your kids and nothing bad's going to happen to them, or if it's, it would seem very unlikely that something would happen, and especially if you approach the guy and you talk to him and say, hey, hi, I'm so-and-so, I'm, I'm Johnny's mother, uh, just, you know, wanted to... I, I saw find you it very disturbing and... that you were at the borders in, um, let's see, Folsom, in Folsom, and then I come here a couple of days later, um, and you're at the El Dorado's Hill Library, and in both occasions you've been talking to my children. Why are you doing that? Yeah, and then let him explain himself. Well, maybe he would do that, but maybe he would have a good explanation. Whatever it is, to me, it's a lie. What is a grown man, age 49, doing at a Borders Books in Folsom and a library in El Dorado's Hills at children's story time talking to the same kids if he's not a a free candy passing out a pedophile? (laughs) I mean, what what else is he doing? There's probably an explanation. I'll admit, somewhere in the course of human events... Someone has talked to the same kids that he doesn't know in different cities at, at, at completely are public these different events. cities? Or are they very nearby cities? Because why were the kids at the same two events? They're very close. Okay, um, they're they're close, but 
you know, it's two separate events. It's not like he hangs out at the borders or he hangs out at the library. Mm -hmm. He hangs out at the borders and the library on Kids Story Day at Kids Story Time, and he talks to kids at these places. It's definitely a situation. It's not two incidents. It's a third that they didn't mention. It's talk to her two children at each of three children's story story events. Mm. Now, I could kind of understand Maybe only two, but if they... he was a Borders guy, you know, and he came in and he yeah. hung out at Borders and he drank coffee there and that's what he did and children's story kids, time. Yeah. I, I get it. Look, Mark, I'm with you, man. I, I find it creepy and bizarre, but at the same time, no crime's been committed. Why was this man arrested? Let's go to your phone calls. Marco in Washington, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Marco. Hi, guys. Hey, what's hey, on your me. mind? Uh, I just wanted to uh, take your side, Ian, I guess. uh I don't really see anything wrong with this aside from, you know, a little suspicious behavior, but uh, I don't think that's worth arresting for. Yeah, and I'm, or even, I'm even more outraged. Sort of, uh, putting on any sort of lists or blacklisting him yeah. in any form at all. Right. I mean, the idea that you'd want to put him on a sex offender list, Mark, is like crazy. I mean, what would you, what I, would you I, think? I, yeah, I think that, was, public that, be- that remark was absolutely what spurred this, uh, this call. I, I could not believe I heard that. Uh, I, <laughs> don't you think don't that, that people deserve a certain amount of protection from this guy? Don't you think uh, he should be taken what? off the street? What are you talking yeah, protection about? Protection from what? I mean, he hasn't done anything. Uh, I, I'm not. I'm not certain of that. He hasn't been caught doing anything. Well, well, we remember we have an extraordinarily inefficient policing force. Uh, p- policing. Uh, so hire a PI then, if you're so concerned. Hire a private investigator, and that's going to benefit me. How? You're the one who's concerned, say, Mark. I, if I was the parent in this case, I would have definitely approached him and been like, "Okay, what's up, buddy?" Uh, yeah. But I mean, you know, hey, maybe he's uh, maybe he just likes books and kids. I don't know. Well, tell know? tell me how enlightened self-interest, which is what I believe in, I totally believe in enlightened self-interest, and tell me how enlightened self-interest is going to solve this problem. I have. No clue. It's at all. not I gonna. I don't because see what self the interest is. here says I'm gonna go and talk to the guy and I'm gonna take care of it and you know, for my me and my family. I'll but it doesn't you. do anything for the public at large. He knows he's being watched. He knows by one person. I well, I gotta avoid them. Well I, I guess I better I bet I guess I better go to a different story time at a different borders just around the well, corner. Well then start your own organization that tracks creepy guys, Mark. Thanks for the call, yeah, tonight, Marco. Appreciate it, dude. 800-259-9231. But don't force me to put him in jail. He hasn't committed any crime. It's not a crime What if I wallpaper his uh, neighborhood? This is Free Talk Live. You bring up what you want, even in these remaining moments. Maybe enough time for your call at 1-800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line for you. Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are totally free, so enjoy them on us. And if you like the show want to help support Free Talk Live, then we ask that you shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Enter Amazon through that link. Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. So start your shopping at amazon.freetalklive.com. How would you like to lose up to 25 pounds in just nine days without permanently changing your diet? Check out this amazing doctor-recommended cleanse. Go to ftldiscount.com, read some real testimonials, and you can find out how to order there at ftldiscount.com. All right, I want to continue this conversation, and then we'll get to uh, some more calls here about different things here in a moment. But we're talking about a story about a creepy guy, admittedly, very disturbing what he's doing. 
uh, is that he's going from reading event to reading event. He would was at a Borders one day, and then the next day he was at uh, the library for these kind of reading where you bring the kids and someone reads a story to them, those kinds of events. And he was talking with one woman's children at both events. And she got kind of creeped out by that, as I think she should have. Well, actually, he was talking to uh, one woman's children at three different events. Right, but you say the article doesn't identify the third. Doesn't event, identify the third, which so perhaps leads it me was to believe that there was two only different two different places. Yeah. It leads me to believe there are only two events, but the article just accidentally wrote three. It, whatever. No, it leads me to believe that there was a two places and um, two times at one place and one time at the other. Well, whatever it was, the woman approached the situation, I think, in a very poor manner. She called the cops, and the cops arrested him on some suspicion of loitering where children are present, mm-hmm. and he was held in jail on a $100,000 bond. Which I think is too high. And But Mark, you you think that's too high, but at the same time you said the guy should be put on a sex offender list. No. And that's I, ludicrous. He okay. hasn't offended oh, anything. Oh, shut up, you sanctimonious twit. I said what if. What if what? What if we did that? I was exploring a possibility. Look, what was your solution for this? My solution is the mom should have gone and talked to the guy and to, you know, to ask him what in the hell he was doing. That way, and he that's going to do what to solve what problem in the future? It's going to keep her kids safe. It's, it's going to keep her kids safe. But right. you don't think this guy's a danger to other people's kids? I don't know if he's a danger to anyone's kids. No one's talked to him. They just arrested him. I'm sure they'll be talking to him in court. I, I imagine they will be, and in which case, what are they going to say? What's he going? I mean, nothing has been done. No one I, has you been know, harmed. I'll admit that there's some problems with this whole case. I, you know, I gotta say, but I, I you also... had asked about po- putting up flyers, right? Right. Why well, don't you put up some flyers well, if that's what you want to do? Start some organization. Well, Citizens then, against then what creepy if guys. He sues me. Okay. For what? what? For, for defamation of character. What are you going to do? Are you going to lie on the flyer? You going to say he's a child molester? You don't have any evidence of that. All you can put on there is that you saw him at some kids' events talking to some kids. Right? Because that's all he's done, right? Yeah, but uh, you don't think that's going to cost me a fortune in lawyers? Why would that cost you a fortune? Was he not at those events not talking to those kids? Because um, the legal system uh, benefits those with lawyers. And what if he comes after me with one? Why should I put my uh, money on the line to save the next guy's kids? Hey, if you don't care, Mark, then don't do anything about it. I was just suggesting a possibility as far as something you could do if you wanted well, to. Well, you know, in the current legal paradigm, and you're talking about California here, you know that it's got to be a real pain in the butt to bring a civil lawsuit against somebody, you know, have a civil lawsuit brought against you in mm-hmm. California. Um, and I think that it could be a real problem. Yeah, I do think that uh, probably a good solution, um, a, a solution that doesn't involve the police, I don't know what should be done with this guy, but to me, he sounds rather dangerous. And people should should know that he's dan- that he could be dangerous and that he should be watched around their kids. Um, I think that there should so be... So put the word out. I don't think you could be... I mean, but look- it's not cheap or easy to put the word out. We have internet websites that cost next to nothing to run, Mark. And, and you get next to nothing as far as visits without uh, some kind of advertising, so my friend. So you go to parents' groups and you spread a, spread some flyers. Well, I would think that... That doesn't uh, cost a lot I, of money. I would think that uh, another... If, wait a minute. Now, hold on. There are plenty of parents out there, and I'm sure most of them are concerned about their children. So you're telling me it would be too hard to raise money to start an organization to keep an eye on creepy dudes? 
give me a break, Mark. There's plenty of money out there. I'm sure parents would be able to contribute to something like that if they were as concerned as you were about this creepy guy and others like him. Uh, but, but as far as looking at enlightened self-interest, you know, like how is this going to be e- most easily dealt with? Um, if, for me, how do I protect my family? How do I protect other people without going out on a limb and, and that kind of thing? The easiest thing to do, and that's what people generally do, is the easiest thing. The easiest thing to do is call the cops on this guy. Yeah, you understand? Well, it's also the wrong thing to do. I would I would agree that um and uh, you know I don't know that it's the wrong thing to do to call the cops when no one when a crime has not been committed it's absolutely not the right thing Apparently to do. Apparently a crime was committed loitering in Nonsense. the presence, Give in me the a presence break. of children. Let's go to your phone calls. Vince in Indianapolis, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Vince. By the way, I didn't get to finish Better saying that, before you go on, Vince. I'm sorry. Um, my uh, co-host here is being a jackass at the microphone. I didn't get to say that I think that uh, the the borders uh, manager and the library uh, I don't know what they call the uh, the warden at the library but the library warden should uh, should have gotten pictures of these people and this person had been notified that uh, that would have been another this way guy's to handle a dangerous it. guy and perhaps you should consider not even letting him on the property that would have been another way to handle it absolutely Vince I'll tell you, you just mentioned borders uh, Indiana passed uh, with a house and roll act called 1042 and it was to promote uh, help local governments. They lack zoning laws to track undesirable businesses. And the statute requires the sellers of sexually explicit materials to register with the state and pay a $250 confession fee or fine. Hmm. A confession fee? It applies fee? to businesses that after June 30th. And it's, it takes a shot here uh, saying sexually explicit means harmful to minors or sold with the intent of stimulating certain body parts, fostering masochism, sadism, bondage, or sexual domination. So you mentioned the bar or borders or Barnes and Noble. They might have to comb through their inventory to get rid of the books. You know, say John Updike's uh, Joyce's Ulysses or John or John James Joyce's Ulysses, or some of the biblical things that they had in there, like David and Bathsheba, or some of these other small gas stations that sell Sports Illustrated. So hold on a second, I'm confused. Maybe I missed a point, Vince. You're saying that there's a law that's been passed. That businesses selling any business selling anything sexually explicit will have to pay the state two hundred and fifty dollars. Is it a yearly? Is it, oh, hold on, hold on. Is the Secretary of State. Wait, Vince, what is that? A two hundred fifty dollar yearly fine or like a licensing fee or what is that? Two hundred fifty dollars for? It's just a two hundred fifty dollars just admission that yes, we sell sexually explicit material. It can be anything from the Sports Illustrated magazine for swimsuits to you know. Uh, the Bible, the biblical accounts of David and Bathsheba and Samson and Delilah. So, you know, that they, seems like a stretch. I mean, you're going out on a limb, well, no, aren't but, you? But uh, those are sexually. But I think what Kieran has, you know, the Victorias and Secrets and Priscilla's and, you know, where they sell these lingeries. And, so is it a $250 a year thing? or Yeah. Oh, okay. It's a, just a one-time $250 fee to register with the state. Hmm. To register as a sexually oriented business. Yes. But and, they're going to be able to, they're going to bring anybody, uh, they're going to allege that even a bookstore would qualify? No, yes. Because the Secretary of State gets to determine this. Yeah, that's what it's all and about. I, mean, I guess the, know, more, the more places that qualify, the more money for the state, right? So they've got an interest in qualifying as many places as possible. I was going to ask you guys after this, because uh, I was wanting to get your opinion on this, but I got a very interesting case that hadn't been decided. I was going to call you back with that tomorrow because it's a 
You should do that because we're what, out of what, time. What's called an act of retaliation hmm. by a young kid against uh, the kids that were bullying him. Hmm. Actually, we just had the last caller drop, so if you want to you bring, uh, bring that up right now, you can. Well, um, what happened was uh, back about eight years ago, this kid was 14 and was being bullied. You've heard about the school bullies. Sure. Well, this kid got tired of it. And he got he got tired of having his money stolen for lunch, mm-hmm. and his lunch is stolen because the, the school authorities weren't doing anything about the of kids. Of course not. They were doing it. Sure. So what he did was he tainted his sandwiches with dog doo-doo. Mm. And <laughs> guess what? The bully ate them? The bullies ate them. Good. Two of them. And, uh, and he's well, in trouble? He got very, very sick. Good. But he's getting and, in trouble? Uh, well, yes, this young boy got, it still hasn't been decided because the parents took and filed a writ of mandamus against the uh, school officials. Now, they're not there anymore, the school principal and the assistant principal. Well, as far as I'm concerned, the guy's, job. the guy's a hero as far as well, I'm concerned. Thanks for the yeah. call, Vince. Appreciate you know, it. The, the thing is, is we don't know. We're taking one guy's opinion, one boy versus um, you know another couple of boys' uh, account as to what happened here. What if, would it, how would you feel if somebody in school says, Hey, Ian, want a sandwich? Uh, gives you a sandwich that's tainted with dog dew, and they snicker in the corner. <laughs> and then it turns, um, and then it, you know, when when the heat comes down, they say, "But he was trying to, he was bullying me and taking my sandwich." Yeah. You don't know what happened. I, there. I see where you're coming from, Mark. But it, from what I understood from what Vince was saying, the bullying there was a history of bullying there, and usually everybody knows who the bullies are. Usually people know. Uh, anyway, it's been Ian here with you. And Mark. And sorry to Dave in Canada. Dave, call back tomorrow night. We'll get you on the air uh, first thing. Thank you for listening to the show. More on the way tomorrow night. You can join us online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. The cynic says, I started losing my hair and there was nothing I could do. I wore a baseball cap because I was self-conscious. The believer says, I started using Avacor two months ago and already I'm regrowing my own hair. My bald spot is going. No caps for me. Are you a cynic? Avacor's formula is FDA-approved to regrow your own hair in as little as two months. Avacor's topical formula contains the only ingredient approved by the FDA to regrow hair without risk of sexual side effect. Call right now and ask about getting a free month supply of Avacor and receive Boost just for trying Avacor. Boost can make your hair visibly thicker with its first application. Call 1-800-451-8920. That's 1-800-451-8920. This is a limited time offer, so call now. Call 1-800-451-8920. 1-800-451-8920. Or log on to avacorradio.com.